It's a wedding day watch party here on Kicking Out at Two as we are sending off the groom to the main event of Holy Matrimony at the altar with his soon-to-be bride, Laura, with our Calgary Stampede watch party. I'm your host, Dave Rosenbluth, and we, we, we got the band back together for this uh, this this wedding day send-off of a watch party. Uh, joining me, uh, like the last few weeks, he has been, as he has been marching to the altar, um, Getting ready to uh, getting ready for his big push to the uh, the, the the main event of uh, of the dating life the the what I'd like to call marriage. Um, Justin has joined us this week. What's going on, man? Glad to be here once again. Excited to have the whole crew, the uh, the free birds of podcasting, as I like to say. Nabes. Yeah, throw the nabes out. Nabes. Um, yeah, no, let's let's rock it, man. This is this is an all class all time classic pay per view. I remember being here watching this one live, so it's going to be fun to watch it again. Now I'm sure by the time this this recording drops, it's gonna we're gonna drop it on July 3rd, the 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 morning of your wedding. Um, those of you out there, you, know, you you'll probably figure it out. But you know, Justin's got more important things to do than record a podcast the morning of his wedding. Um, so he'll be you know preparing for his uh, his big day by the time this episode airs, um, July the 3rd, 2019. So. Uh, you know, we thought it'd be a nice send off to uh, get us all together. You know, one w- one more time. We'll probably do more in the future, I'm sure, because you know, podcasting's not going to end as you get married. I hope. No, no not at all. <laughs> well, you know, too. It's funny because you know, this will this will air obviously you know the day of my big day, but I think that's the next time we'll the three wrestle Paul be in the same room together as well. That's so, right. Yeah. You know, we'll be we'll be celebrating and enjoying each other's company and having a great time under different circumstances. Um, yep. Unique circumstances to say the least. Uh, that puts Dennis up next on deck yep. to, uh, to to get his push. Yeah, there you and, go. Uh, so, you know. Oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> you, don't, so, so, so. you don't want the big strap? So, By the way, before, uh, before you say anything, this is Dennis J. Levy, of course, the uh, the, the third member of the the, uh, the, the, the free birds of, of nostalgic pro wrestling oh, podcasting. Like, Babes. Got to have you on, man. You're, you're my boy. Uh, I, I, right, I love having guys, you on. You guys, you guys the, the good Lord graced me with three other sisters, never had brothers. Let's just say that, that uh, you guys are very, very rapidly becoming blood to me. So anyway, that being said, I love you guys. Yes, I will be at Justin's uh, glorious day. But he used the terminology free bird. And the, the Irish uh, would say marriage is not, it's not a word. It's a sentence. So that being said, his free bird days might be over. <laughs> That's, hey, that's fair. That that's is a good, good point. Is, yeah, that is a good point. Yeah, turn a phrase. That's good. Yeah, but um, anyhow, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna watch an all time classic. Um, uh, you know, I I, I I asked you and I asked and, and I asked you, Dennis, to be a part of this, but I asked you, Justin, you know, what would be a good um, a good show for us to watch together um, on the WWE Network for these special watch parties, and uh, you know, you, you mentioned Calgary Stampede being one of them, and. Um, you know, going back and ordering this pay-per-view 22 years ago, um, 22 years ago this week, this will be the 22-year anniversary this week of this event. Um, so this will be a lot of fun to go back and watch now um, and, and reminisce on our on our, our times uh, when we did watch this event live when it took place in 1997. But before we get into all that fun, uh, let me remind you all, we are on social media. We are a big presence on social media. We want you to be a part of that presence as well. Facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two. We got archived links of shows. We got discussions, debates, pictures, memes, videos, GIFs, GIFs, whatever the fuck you want to call them. It's all over there over on Facebook.com. Hit the like button if you haven't already. If you have, hit the like button. Tell a friend to hit the like button and be a part 
out all the fun that we got going on over there at Facebook, as well as our Twitter handle. Our handle is at Kicking Out Two K I C K N O U T and the number two. Um, same kind of stuff we're going on Facebook, but over on Twitter as well. And if you don't know, you should know by now. This show is a part of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network over on Podbean. That's right. We are uh, we are part of the team over there with Kobe Nida from Marking Out the Days Weekend Warriors show. I'm also a part of as well. Uh, that show drops each and every Saturday where we cover WCW Saturday Night and WWF Superstars from 1992. Those episodes have been available on the WWE Network, so it's been a lot of fun reminiscing, going back and watching those and then recapping those for all of you. So you can find that show as well as Kicking Out of Two and all the great shows of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network over on Podbean. You search it over on Podbean, you'll find all the archive shows there. If you want to, if, if Podbean's not your thing and you have Google Play or iTunes or Stitcher or Spreaker or whatever, podcast platforms available search retro mania and you will find all the shows of all the uh the 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 archive links from those shows on the retro mania pro wrestling podcast network and you can check us out just about anywhere so um now we got the cheap plugs out of the way you go to your wwe network you better have it fired up and ready to go um because you know we got some things to do it's it's wedding day and uh have it ready to go the date is July the 6th, 1997. Uh, WWF In Your House, Calgary Stampede. Um, you got to bypass like a commercial for the next Saudi Arabian show or um, a toilet paper commercial, and you're going to bypass the rating when I give you guys the countdown. So I'll give you guys a few minutes. Um, but Dennis, you said this was, you know, as, as our listeners are searching for this on the network, you said this was arguably your favorite. Not arguably. Not argue. The favorite pay-per-view of my life. And everything that... that, that to, 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 to think of the things that I've mentioned on this podcast that I like. you said a lot of outlandish give, things, give it, but yes. No, give it commentary. Check. Violence. Check. Well, you gotta love, you gotta love violence if you like that. That quality matches. Check. That, uh, that, that uh, has my, my opinion. The, the reason why I have merit, why I have a, a leg to stand on when I say... The, the cruiserweights, uh, the, the, or excuse me, the light heavyweights were better than the cruiserweights. This has proof on it. Okay. This, 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 this has everything that, that, that I've ever prophesied all in one pay-per-view. And this is why this is my creme, letter creme of pay-per-views. And I mean that. And what, what, what is, it was so, so, so best about it. It's not a five-hour show. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, this show goes one hour and I believe it's 46, 48 minutes and change. Um, so this is going to be this going to be one of our shorter watch parties, which is cool with me um, because we're we're recording this pretty late at night. So uh, you know we all got some things to do and and, and lives to be had um, the next day. But um, without without further ado, uh, we'll give you all guys a countdown um, when I say play hit play and like i said you'll bypass the the the, sh- the the next crown jewel or the stomping grounds or whatever the fuck um you'll you'll bypass commercials for those or total divas and they they once ran a toilet paper commercial as like one of the ads um before pay-per-view so if you get one of those bypass those two but still buy toilet paper because it's not cool to not clean your ass yeah, wash so, your ass yeah wash your as the rock would say wash your ass and use some toilet paper if you only like toilet paper get wipes and there and get the flushable ones too so you don't fuck up your plumbing but um 
That's a wedding day tip from one Dave Rose. Actually, by the way, though, they say the flushing ones even, you're supposed to throw them in the trash. That, 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 uh, still the, the, the flushable? Yeah. yeah, I've heard that story, too. Yeah, I've heard that story, too. I don't, I, I don't feel comfortable having a wipe with my shit on it sit in my garbage yeah. can, so that's why it goes in the toilet. But, yeah, we really jumped the shark with this one, so let's get it going here. July 6, 1997, WF In Your House, Calgary Stampede, giving you a countdown in 5, 4, 3, 2... One hit play as we are opening here with uh, the signature open in over a half million viewers each week in seven different languages. The World Wrestling Federation, the worldwide leader in sports entertainment. Setting it up nicely, the uh, the, the main eventers, if you will, mm. Steve he, Austin. That referee stood a, a soul that, uh, that stunner well. He did way better than what Vince McMahon could have done. Oh yeah, the the, the infamous Madison Square Garden. And as much as as much as this card is kind of again centered around the Hart family and of course its leader Brett, like you see in this opening here, they're they're really giving you all the characters, you know, Taker, Mick, all the main uh, players, all yeah, the main players, all yeah. the, all the all that, and you know the iconic Steve Austin blood. WrestleMania 13, kind of it, it, taking you from essentially WrestleMania to where we are now in July. Uh, and how we got here. Very brief, very succinct. Um, you know, gang warfare at its best in the WWF. Oh, yeah, the mean streets of Canada. Hey, man, <laughs> we don't know what goes on up there. It's the Wild West out there. We I tell you what, much, so. I tell you what, the, the craziest riot, I'm kidding aside, talking about those, 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 crazy, those crazy Canucks, that uh, when Vancouver lost a cup in 2011, that riot was a real deal. That put... I put Los Angeles was jealous for that one. That's Los Angeles. We'll hear about that one later, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, the Western theme, the in your house house set, old school, but I used like to dressed up cool. like the ranch with the hay and yeah. all that stuff. I used to like that. That was pretty cool. The house? Yeah. I think they need to bring it back. I mean, if they're, they're going to put out quality, if they're going to put out quality in your house pay in 2019, the way they're going, you might yeah. as well. Go to the you head. might as well bring out, bring back in your house. Go to yeah. the head, uh, Dave or, or Justin. Do you actually know the exact year the first in your house was? It's nineteen ninety-five. Yes, so the first so in your house. Is the first in your house was after WrestleMania eleven. So two thousand twenty. Yeah, have like a you know twenty-five year anniversary. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sick. dollar pay per views. Remember and that? How, yeah. Even and I went through the two too. Call somebody. and Someone wants a, a free Give house. Give away a house. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Now, Give commentating. Look how sexy they are. Come on. So, so here's the thing. <laughs> I think I mentioned this to Dave too. I'm, I am ninety percent sure, and someone can definitely correct me with their wrestling. You know, smart them. This, I'm pretty sure, is the debut of JR in a cowboy hat. It is. It is. I had that. an argument with someone about this recently on uh, the Save American Wrestling page. This individual, he's a big follower of, of, of bullshit. I really don't care for him, but I won't say his name. However, um, you know, he, had, he, he proclaims that while Jim Ross was employed by Vince McMahon, which is not really a word because those motherfuckers are 1099, um, that JR was forced to wear... The cowboy hat, and then it became like Stockholm syndrome, where he liked it so much that he made it a part of the gimmick. Um, I don't believe that to be the case. I think he liked it. Wasn't he technically an employee because he was talent relations, though? Yeah, I would. I, I know. Think, he, I yeah. know he had like a revenue share deal. That's a good point. But I'm pretty sure he was still an employee. Yeah. 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 Speaking of talent relations, one talent that he uh, he he signed and, and helped make a part of the team for years to come was uh, 
these individuals, Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, fresh off his 1997 King of the Ring victory, accompanied by the ninth wonder of the world, China. This is before she got all the um, the, the, the the plastic she, surgery. And she didn't even have that name at this time because she wasn't even that big of a. Star. Yeah, she was just she China. Was that Amazon. Yeah. Where they, you know that's you know they kind of gave her that mysterious like quality to her. Yep. You know, and then you know it's it's so genius if you think about it now that like oh my god, who what man needs to be protected by a woman? Yeah. yeah what, do you, what, do you, what do you think about that, Dennis? In 1997, a woman bodyguard to a man. It was definitely interesting that that. Uh, uh, that uh, it, I, I, it's just funny that, that when you look at Triple H, right? You think that 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 that, that he wouldn't need someone like that, but like she played it very well. That uh, I thought it being, I don't know that that uh, I, I thought they, they did it perfectly. But I'm just saying that that uh, it'd be more credibility if he was like a smaller guy or whatever. Like um, I don't know. Like, I thought that was the beauty of it, yeah. though, because he was good. You know what I mean? You know, from the jump, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, 1995, even was a was a. You looked at him, and you're like, all right, that guy's somebody. Yeah. Um. So I, that was I, that added. He wasn't a character really until China kind of yeah. showed up. I mean, he had his rump. Mister Perfect was his his charge or his his bodyguard, if you will. And you know, Curtis Hughes was in there, and yeah. all these other guys. And you know, tr- you know, again, that speaks to this guy's talent. But that's the genius. That was the genius of it. Is yeah. that like he didn't need any of that. And it's like his valet's kid went, went from Sable to China, right? Yeah, he kind of bounced around yeah, with, you know, ran, random girls. I mean, he had Sable that one night at, at the WrestleMania when he got jobbed out to Ultimate Warrior. But, um, you know, for the most part, he'd have random, you know, chicks probably from the escort service locally or the strip club uh, accompany him to the ring each night on TV. And then yeah. eventually he, you know, made China a full-time member. And... Um, yeah, I never understood the appeal of it. Um, it was different. Uh, it was it grew on me over time, but in the beginning, I really had to warm up to it because I never understood. I always thought to myself, like, okay, he has a woman bodyguard. Yeah, he's a pussy, but this woman gets involved. It's not like the guys can hit her back. You know, and that was where I, the disconnect was. Was like not uh, yet, at least. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At that, yeah, at this moment in time during this time period, I was like, yeah. Well, what are the guys gonna do? They're not gonna fight her back. They're not gonna let a, a man beat a woman. But you know what? There you was know? a good over time that changed, but the, in the beginning, that was where my thought process it was. was very like raw, for the lack of a better term, in terms of like her rollout. You know, she grabs Marlena and just. Yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah, holy shit! And you didn't yeah. see that type of physicality with women at all. No, yeah. So it was like the girls, oh, were, the girls were hardly touched. Physically imposing, yeah. just you know, sticks out like a th- sore thumb. Yeah, and yeah, whew. So to me, as a kid, I was like, God damn, like, and and again, like, this guy's a pussy. You know what I mean? Yeah. As a, as a young fan, you look at it and go, you know, he, he's clearly not all that if he needs this person here. You know, as a young kid, you know, thinking that. So, I I guess my biggest quarrel with China was the women's division wrestling was a fucking joke right now. It was, no, it was no, non-existent. There was no division. That, 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 uh, that, that, but then you had Sable versus Jackie and stuff like that. Jackie could go, too. Instead, you had Luna Vachon, you had Jackie, who were like, who were good, or Ivory. Those girls can go, but you had the champions be fucking, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, Deborah. Uh, and like um, and, and and Miss Kitty and all this yeah. stuff. 
that uh, if China was part of the women's division and you had all these girls that can go... She'd be the Brock Lesnar. That's She'd what I mean, exactly. Exactly, I don't know. But that she won all these titles, like, you know, the, the IC title, and she won, and she, sooner or later, she did win the women's uh, t- title against Ivory at WrestleMania. But that, uh, but that, I don't know. They they could have made her a more credible, like, woman's wrestler. That, uh, I think they were on that path before she left, before she quit in 2001, or before her contract ran out. Um, I think they were kind of going that direction, where, like, they had, they they ran its course with her beating up the guys, you know? So now they wanted her to interact with the girls more and they were kind of on that path with her. I remember they did something with her and Lita before, um, she left and quit. And then, uh, you know, I think they were going to turn her and she was going to be like the, the, the heel women's champion of the division. But, um, but yeah, women's wrestling was just not a focal point, even at that point, as even as they were trying to bring it to that, what they call, you know, that golden era with Trish and Lita and Jazz and, you Victoria, know, Victoria. yeah, all those girls, still, yeah. It still wasn't important. So yeah. it didn't really, like, I don't know how much impact it would have had. You you know, looking at it now, oh my God, like, look at all those people I just named. Imagine China main eventing pay-per-views of those women. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it'd be a big deal. But again, I'm looking at that now with 2019 eyes, so. Yeah. And you, you talk about main eventing pay-per-views, you know, these two open this pay-per-view, but they would eventually main event a few big pay-per-views um, in, in, in a few short years following this, how ironic, uh, you know, the very underrated rivalry. I feel this like, one honestly, currently right now, yeah. yeah. And, oh, and yeah. it's and it was cool because like you said, they ended up main eventing pay per views later, but like it was nice to see that like continuity of like the rivalry never really died down. It just they would meet again at different levels of the yeah. card. Yeah, yep. same thing with him and the Rock. You oh know yeah, what I mean ninety seven IC title picture, and then again ninety eight. And a more, you know, as more developed characters, and then all the way up to, you know, the main events of WrestleMania. Yeah, it, it reminds me of this this one period in time where, um, and it was later in two thousand and three um, when they brought Kevin Nash back, and he was kind of like the middleman between the issues with Sean and Hunter. And I just remember Hunter saying, like, you don't get it, Kev. This is never going to be over between me and Sean. And that's how it felt with these two, is that there was always issues with them. It was never over. Like, they would stop and move on to something else, but they'd always come back to to each other. And I dare say, people look at Triple H and say that, you know, Rock was his greatest rival. I'll, I, I'll, put, that, I'll put that to bed real quick and tell you, I think Mick Foley, especially... You know, whatever incarnation he was, I think Mick Foley brought the best out of Triple H and was his best rival in WWE. I would, I would yeah. it's hard. I, I could, I could, I could get behind that. And and again, like you just gotta look at them visually. Yeah, you got you got this pretty boy, you know, very smooth guy, and then you've got man kind of looks like he lives the, in a fucking the dumpster. counter to that. In, yeah, in, in, the complete in opposite. How he looks, how he acts, how he moves, how yeah. he speaks. Beauty and the Beast in some ways. Yes, exactly. Here's a sick move that was right a good here. Spot. Boom. Yeah, that makes me cringe still to this day because that back of that knee and then the corner of those steps, yeah. like, yeah. JR. You know, they did, uh, you know, I did my uh, my Broadway rowing challenge today when as this was being recorded and I watched the, the Royal Rumble 2000 street fight and they, they ran that spot. Uh, and I'm rowing there and I just, the, the echo of when that leg hits the steel and that was a Madison Square Garden. Whew. Yeah, I had to stop for a second. Like, damn. Yeah, but yeah, they just, they just, they just know each other so well. 
it, and again, it, that just that just makes the stuff even better. Yeah, and this at the time in '97, we they kind of showed clips of it earlier in the 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 video uh, package before the match began, um, where uh, this, this really stemmed from their issues at um, King of the Ring in the finals when Hunter would. Uh, come out victorious and defeat mankind but this was also around the same time when they were doing those sit down interviews with Jim Ross and mankind where he would tell these stories about his childhood growing up and how he was this super WWF fan and he went and saw Snooka in Morocco at the garden um, you know to me as a kid at this time mankind was this like you know this this ugly Quasimodo you know, freak of a, of a, of a wrestler. Um, even though I knew he was Cactus Jack and I was a big Cactus Jack Mark. Um, but those interviews, um, at the time really humanized his character. Um, Dennis, talk to me a little bit about your memories of the interviews between Jim Ross and mankind. Those sit down interviews on Monday Night Raw in 1997. So, I, it legitimized him as a face, of course. Yeah. But but the ones that were even the creme la creme were, was when when he was a heel and just like how good Jim Ross was too, just like projecting fear, just just like how like nervous he was the whole time. Yeah. And like the whole time too, he was just wait. You can always tell just like something's got bad. There's like a probable happen. tension. And, yeah. 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 And all of a sudden, that the way he had, of course, just the animal claw to yeah. him and like. I thought those interviews were way better, and what what made me upset when they made him to when when they showed him like you know the 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 vignettes when he's going off like his his family's roof and all, all this stuff and else and, and he felt like a, he had like a, like a soft spot for him. The only thing that made me upset about that was like all the times where he took a backdrop to like. To to like uh, you, you know the stairs and all the times where we're like scared of him and it was all that stuff, that all that hard work went down right right down right down the toilet when when they started doing this and and Mick Foley's baby's a little ba- ba- baby boy and you know Mr. Foley's baby boy and all that so, stuff and that that uh, that, uh, that I just wait he he my my opinion. When they did the two themes, whereas one that comes like the, the really dark comes down to the ring, the really when when it was over, the lights, so it comes back oh, to the, the normal. The different piano theme, the, the music in the beginning. They tried yeah, yeah. so hard, and they did it to to perfection. Where you made the, you made it, you're scared of this guy. He's terrifying. He's tough. You can hit him with a steel chair, and he's still gonna come back, and he's still gonna kick your ass, and, and he's gonna put you into like into the abyss. You know what I mean? That uh, when he started doing that, like all that, with one gesture, just went. So when so when they humanized him and they showed the footage of him jumping off the roof, you think that ruined the mystique of the character? I did. I absolutely did. Um, that, 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 uh, that, that, well, that, uh, that that is, of course, the conjunctum. The conjunctum when, when you go heel, when you start as a heel and you go to face, where you're, you you could damage. Your work as a heel and all that other stuff because because you want to humanize him now. You want him the, the, the people to cheer for him and to empathize for him. That that uh, but he was such a great heel. My opinion, I I'd be damned that 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 someone convinced me elsewise that that he was the most proper heel of all time. That that that, that uh, just by how you're scared of him. 
that that you didn't know how to react to them. Like 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 you. That, that, but you know what? And again, that I I I don't I mean perfect timing. I think that just sticks a middle finger with that spot right there into everything you just said because he could be all that that you want him to be, and still make you laugh. And that comedic timing in a in a, in a scenario there that made the most sense. Hunter had been working on that knee for the last two three minutes. Can't even drag him across the ring for an Irish rip, you know, pillar to post. And I, I you know, and and again, the genius of that in terms of how that affects Mick's performance, and then it ends up working for him. You know, and you know you don't like Hunter, so you laugh at that. But I just think his best work was by far as a heel. You mentioned... That's a bold you know, no, statement, no, no. man. You mentioned, you mentioned, you, you mentioned that, that, that Triple H, uh, the, the, the greatest rival, what is, could potentially be Mankind. And oh, I think it is. That, 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 so that not, being not said... I think it is. Well, that being said, let me ask you one, one, one question. Okay. Go to the head now. Who do you think is a better wrestler, Triple H or The Undertaker? Go to the head right now. What's your What's your definition of wrestler? Oh, you know, I don't know. That, 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 uh, are, are you that uh, you know both guys? Because both whatever. both guys tell stories differently, but they do it great. But, in your, their own but right. your opinion, your your opinion. Gun in the head. I know. Gun in the head now. Who do you think is the the better wrestler? Technically speaking, yeah. Triple H. Okay. But anyway, I think it's The Undertaker. In my opinion, The Undertaker's that greatest rival. Was was mankind and and and, and and I thought mankind brought way more to the table. He was twice his size, twice about his shape, and you believed that he could beat the Undertaker. Why? Because he was just so evil and so and like you know what? And so, so crazy and did, so. Did, did, that, that's that, an uh, argument. That's a hard argument to 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 go against. I've, yeah. I've I've there's a truth there's a truth to that and I will and I will say this and I've probably said this before on on another episode or so but you know as a kid growing up you you know against especially the Undertaker who's just a big man eater in the 90s Giant Gonzalez King Kong Bundy Yokozuna the list goes on and on and he the dead man laid them all down to rest and then you know Big Daddy Cool the night after Wrestlemania after laying out all these big men and making a body of work out of it this average man who this you know pulls off this character that puts the Undertaker down. And that, again, to your point, is impressive. And that's what got me. And as a fan in 1996, I hated him. Fast forward a year and a half later, and those interviews, to Dave's point, and again, I'm, I, I hate to play both sides of the fence here, I was a fan of him here. I was a fan of Mick Foley because who didn't play wrestle in the backyard? Who didn't jump off something onto something? Oh, yeah. right? I mean, who didn't, yeah. Yes, who didn't yeah. dress up and cut promos in front yeah. of a mirror with a camera on, make your own belts? We all did that. Yeah. And to see him do, make it, he's there. That's that that, that connects, that resonates. You can relate to it. Yes, exactly. And and you can't, especially in, in, in this line of work, you can't stay the same ever. And you look at the two guys in the ring. Well, I think you can, though. I don't think mm-hmm. the Undertaker. He's I, like, different. That, uh, he is. He is. He is the he's the, the, the gold standard of remaking or remodeling. Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Undertaker. And I do think heel mankind could have been like that. That with with, with Michelle with, Flair, with I don't that, think would have lasted. To be honest, that I actually could he, be a fair point. But he, I, he, I just think the tide of the business at this point, nineteen ninety seven. He changed for the better because he knew he had to. I, they knew he had some, to. Some of the greatest moments, and I'll be the first one, and uh, that, that I'll be a little hypocritical. Some of the greatest moments. You but, know. Uh, that, that I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, that, 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 some of the greatest moments of wrestling in my, uh, that I've watched 
were 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 mankind as a face when he went all when, like my favorite spot of all time for for Royal Rumble when he went out with all three characters yeah, by by far my favorite spot oh, of yeah. all time yeah that's and, pretty that, cool. for, for Royal Rumble you know and that, that uh, but but just 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 like how just believable of an evil man he was as mankind my 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 opinion the most proper heel the best. The the I, I, the, the I'll, I'll say it out the best heel of all time, mankind, and I really believe that. Well, I, you know, I'm not gonna that, that, call that, you crazy. That because, could that could be an argument for another day. Because, we might have to get the band yeah, back because together for I know, another discussion. Because even in the later years, even post Attitude Era, fully would dust off a little bit of that maniacal side here and there, and it was arguably better. You know, stuff with Edge, things like that. Ric Flair. Oh yeah, that shades of where he came from in the beginning. So, to your point... That's even before the Mankind character. That yeah, was like that's ECW, ECW Cactus, Cactus Jack. Jack. Yeah. yeah. And you so, know. to your point, I, I think there is elements of truth to that. Um, but again, I, I will st- I will stand by my, my statement that, you know, he is as great as he was and will be in history because of his ability to adapt and change. And I've said this off-air and maybe, maybe I've said it on-air. Um, the Attitude Era... You know, it's it's in this order: Steve Austin, The Rock, and Mankind, and everybody else, in terms of popularity, in terms of flag bearers, in terms of yeah, selling can, tickets. It's hard to argue yeah. that. Yeah. As much as I love the Undertaker, and you know, you think he co- you think he comes before DX? Yeah, absolutely. really, absolutely. As a single star, as a single actor. Are you talking absolutely. about single act? I'm, I'm talking. You know, because you're, if you're looking at the because I'm chart. putting DX together as 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 a. As a unit, obviously. Yeah, and, and I mean, it, it, there's certainly different ways to look at it in that sense, sure. But, um, you know, when you're trying to build a card, put guys together, draw money, he does it all. And he did it from the range of evil, maniacal mankind to lovable, lovable wrestler, lovable yeah. common man. And yeah. New York Times bestseller, you know, star. He, he made Triple H. He arguably made The Rock. It's hard to argue. You know what I mean? I think Mick Foley did for those two, or Bret Hart did for Steve Austin. But I think, I, I fair it, point. It's very hard. Took them to school, married them, and said, and you know, for, yeah. you know, for the lack of a better word, said, I think Rock was come a, with me. I think Rock was autopilot, but uh, Triple H especially. That's very hard to argue. You think that, Rock was autopilot? I absolutely do. And, and, and well, I, he was I, so I, naturally gifted. Yeah, I think. And, 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 uh, yeah, I do think The Rock was autopilot yeah. for sure. You know, okay. if, you know, if Vince McMahon had it his way, The Rock would have been his star for years and years. But a but a, a guy in a in black boots and a leather jacket changed that, changed yeah. the game, changed I actually forever. Think, I actually think more, the most important figure for The Rock was was uh, Vince when he made him the corporate champion. The the the, the, the rest of the story just sells itself. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely a. A real good story as we see highlights of uh, the festivities taking place around the Calgary Stampede, Stampede Week. Yeah, and you Stampede know what? We're, we're talking about you know wedding season. We contemplated this being our honeymoon, going to Stampede Week. Really? In Calgary. Contemplated. Be way I, cool. I, I, I schooled her up on it, went online, did all the research. Granted, there was a there was a wrestling motivation behind it. Um, were you were, were you going to go see the Hart House on your? Honeymoon? Oh, I would. We would have done it. I would have okay. made that happen. Wow. You know? Um, driven by it and took it a picture or something, you know? Absolutely. You know? That's my castle, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's my, that's my King Arthur's round yeah, table. Yeah, that, that's, that's your um, Graceland. 
Yeah. Yes, per, even yeah. better analogy, 100%. Yeah, so, that's yeah. your Graceland. Yeah, no doubt. And um, this is just a cool out-of-world... We're, we're, all, we're, we're, we're nestled up here in the Northeast in Connecticut, you know, the Yankee snobs. Um, but you go out there, it's, you get to play cowboy for a week and, and uh, see all that world. And that's what we... we contemplated for a while so but ultimately that's 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 not the direction we decided to go it was really sad i was going to bring it up you brought the big three up that you think for attitude error if he didn't die an early death brian Pillman, i'm referring to they just showed him i think that that, that, the gun and all that other stuff i think i've said this he would have been so brilliant I said this to Justin. I think Pillman would have been a huge star in the Attitude Era. He would have been. Uh, I mean, I think the injuries would have prevented him, but I think he would have been... I think he could have done some really great stuff in the Attitude Era, whether it was... he wouldn't have had to work as much, either. Yeah. That was a problem towards the end. That's my boy right there, man. That's my boy. Yeah, all right. So let me ask you this. And you talked about this on a previous podcast here. We see Takamichi Noku. This was them kind of like... In a, in a very loose way, re, they were introducing the light heavyweight division to the WWF. And we've talked about it before. You love the light heavyweight division. Yep. You think it was better than the WCW cruiserweight division. You've even gone on record as saying that Takamichi Noku, if he gained 70 pounds, could have been the world champion. Absolutely. Please explain to me and our listeners why you feel that way. All right. So, so the only thing that, that Taka was missing was a mouthpiece. And, and 70 pounds. That, 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 uh, that, that, uh, he had the moveset. He had the storytelling. He was. Uh, that, he could have been the WWF champion. I, if, if you gave him the, the if you gave him uh, Jim Cornette, and, and yes, <laughs> that he would could have been. been. Yes, I'm telling you. He, yes, absolutely. That that uh, like, I forgot about the great Suzuki on this card. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. I'm am sorry. Or as uh, Bruce Pritchard would say, the great Sasuke. Ray Mysterio versus Demon Linkos. I know I'm digressing. The, 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 no, the, no, that, no, uh, go are for it. Great matches. There's all this stuff. But but I'm sorry. I think this is my it's for 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 what what years we're, we're not 97 right? Yep. They're from 97. It, that uh, uh, these two motherfuckers uh, still fighting. Yeah, I, forgot, forget, yeah, I forgot, forgot about this yeah. shit. They're still going at it right before a match is about to start. But go ahead, so yeah. yeah. But this, uh, I, I don't, I just don't. And like I said, Dimalinko was great. Chris Jericho, all these guys were just phenomenal. But but I'm telling you, my talk of Mikinoshu ma- 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 matches. I know I'm a speech impediment. It's part of your gimmick. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's pretty much is. Those who were my creme de cremes from the light heavyweights, cruiserweights, whatever you want to call them, that, that I'm telling you, this match uh, that, that uh, I think it blows any Rey Mysterio, blows it, dude. But I also so think, great. too, at the same time, like, I think, and I agree with you, this was my, this was my stuff, too, because I was a WWF loyalist, still in. But uh, I think this wasn't more of an attempt to, to uh, show that they could do what the cruiserweights and WCW did, as it was more... This is the WWF. We have the younger, the athletes, the the countrymen, old man club up there with the Hogans and Savages and Pipers. You can have them. We're the youth movement. I I think that's what that was the brand message of the light heavyweight division. More more than oh you've got cruiserweights. Well we're gonna do light heavyweights. I don't think it was in response to the cruiserweights. I think it was in response to losing all the talent that they had and having to then shift their brand to say we are we're the progressive talented athletic performance and and, and to my uh point of like you know like wrestling and like a big fight feel 
Uh, the Japanese, did, I think, do do it way better than, than like the, than like the Mexicans and the luchadors. So like the luchadors, you're gonna see, you know. Why are we hitting on the luchadors, man? No, 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 no. The, the, it's, uh, like me and Dave, I, I'm sorry, I got confused. We're actually talking off off mic. We're just talking about like you know wrestlers. I mean, you get like a big fight feel and like you know like like Kenny Omega and how he does these flippy shits and how much as I love him. Like 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 who you want in a bar fight? And I mean that. Who you? There's a big brawl, right? You want Kenny Omega, or you, or you want you know Kyle O'Reilly? You know what I mean? <laughs> then, well, uh, if Takamichinoku puts on seventy pounds, yeah, that motherfucker no, no, no. coming to okay. the tavern. Okay, this, this is my point. This is my point. I bet you after you're gonna watch this match. Who you rather have in a bar fight? You want Takamichinoku? Uh, damn, speech of Takamichinoku. Say Taka. He goes by Taka now. Then, so. uh, who you rather have, Taka or Rey Mysterio? Come on, get your head shake. You want a guy that's gonna do a roundhouse kick, motherfucker? Come on. <laughs> And then I, I'm just saying, look, so technically sound, he does flippy shit sometimes. I and just it's, in a so Shinsuke good. Nakamura sense, yes, he could be the world champion if he had 70 pounds on him. He just, I will he, say that. I will I will give you that. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like, look at it like that. Okay, that's I can get behind that a little bit. I would yeah. argue pound for pound, Taka, in his prime, was one of the best top... Top ten best wrestlers on the planet. Oh, he was highly regarded. Yeah, he his his accolades were were no secret for sure. Even as a young fan, I knew exactly who Taka was. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. But then when they saddled him with Kai and Tai, and he was, and you know, was that made him. That's oh, but that's that goes back to Mick Foley. But no, that took. That, but that took away from. What he was cap what what he was capable in ring. He became a he became a cartoon character in some ways. You know, exactly. the stereotypical yep. Asian. Wrestler, okay, you know, okay, I understand that, and I, and I will say, I get, think that hurt him. I gotta, and I'm gonna disagree, and I'm gonna try to find a, best, a good way to do this without going in the weeds too far. Yeah, no, that's fine. As good as he is here in 1997, and 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 doing great stuff in the ring, bell to bell, it still wasn't connecting. He needed that adjustment, especially as the shift of the business was taking place. The reactions he got, you know, doing the Wayne's World gimmick. With with Funaki, <laughs> yeah. got over. I thought the guns. Now, now again, where that placed on the card didn't really call for him to be the great wrestler that he was. Okay. Because that wasn't connecting. Simple as that. And you can look at wrestlers going back to the golden age of the '80s and the, the Hall of Fame roster that that was, and see the same exact thing. The Junkyard Dog would be a great example, as you know, he was he was for children. He was lighthearted. He wasn't a badass like he was when he was Sylvester Ritter in Mid-South Wrestling, where he was selling out the Superdome. Yep. You know what I mean? Because he wasn't, he wasn't going to connect on a larger scale them doing that. You know what I mean? So they had, to, they, had to, they had to brand him differently, and when you make that brand change, it changes your identity in the, in the ring, your work. And, with, and, and, and again, if they put that as a, as a focal point, yes, they would have called for longer matches and more entertainment that he could provide, but it wasn't... Hammer Hulk Hogan put right, on so, made of event so, matches. All right, so you just brought it up. Focal point, okay? Not saying that the light heavyweight division at this time in 1997, even going into 1998, needed to be the center of attention. But, however, it wasn't, as, it wasn't displayed as consistently as it could have been for people to give a shit about it. When you said he didn't get over enough, I don't think that was... To his own fault as a performer, I think it was because of the way that 
he and the light heavyweights were portrayed at that time, and there Correct. wasn't enough consistency. Can, Whereas WCW, on the other hand, for cruiserweight wrestling, they were on every week. You knew they were going to start the show or be a part of the second hour or whatever, and they were they were the the match to get you pumped up and excited. And but they were the cra- you, Whereas you didn't know. When these guys were coming on, and if you did, you might have you, you, you might have missed them, or it had been three or four weeks since they were on fucking TV to begin with. Okay, so. fair, but let's also take the rose-colored glasses off and, and say that the, the cruiserweights in WCW they were the, they were they were the human car wreck. They were the demolition derby. They really weren't important. They really weren't. They were not important. It was it was filler to get you to the NWF. But to, the filler was so good enough that it made you it made it important. Well, it was entertaining, and I'll say that there was glimmers of it. You know, a good example would be Halloween Havoc 97 with Stereo and Guerrero would be a good example of that. Probably the height of the Cruiserweight division, in my opinion. Um, but again, it, it was... They, Eric Bischoff went all in, for the lack of a better term, with saying, who you are isn't important. Go out there and just have kick-ass matches. I don't care if the fans boo you or cheer you. Oh, just go out there. And, you just missed it. He fucking and, nailed him with a kick and, to the face. And, and tear it up. I don't care about promos. I don't care about none of that. Do what you do best. And bare bones, we don't watch wrestling for the moves. We don't. We watch wrestling for the characters. And he didn't care about the characters. And that's why it worked the way it did. Because he went all in on what they were good at already. Mm. Versus the other approach of let's find a way to make them more important, but by doing so, you're taking away what they're traditionally good at. Okay. All right. I think that's fair. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point to make. I, I, yeah. I can't. But that's, that's, that's the difference in philosophy, too. And guess what? The WWE's, like it or not, they're, they're the ones standing. They'll be here forever. They've got the formula. Yeah. That, uh, Always like that move. Oh, the, the, the top rope moonsault, yeah. or the top rope plancha, I should say. Yeah, uh, but just like the extension and... Yeah, the way he like just yeah. kind of like spread his... Put, puffed his chest out, yeah. I'm pretty sure, right? They, they didn't have like a lightweight like, division yet, did they? No, this was the like this the, was them like re- kind of introducing it in so some way. Probably, oh, ooh, yeah. That fucking kicked there. So this is probably uh, like, like wrong hands tryout, huh? This, is, this, I guess, was like, a as, as they say in the restaurant business, a soft opening. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that's a good way to put it. You know, for, for the, uh, the the light heavyweight division in the WWF at the time. I, I remember going back and hearing um, some old Pritchard episodes where they talked about um, uh, Sasuke, Sasuke, whatever you want to call him here, um, his uh, organization, Michinoku Pro, he was a part of Michinoku Pro, I want to say. He was a big-time player in that organization, along with Taka Michinoku. Um, it was their talent that was going to kind of be um, a big part of this launch of the light heavyweight division. And I want to say that that fell apart when um, Sasuke... Basically, he didn't want to lose this match. He kind of came in and was like, I'm not doing a job. You know, I'm not going to lose because WWF was going to invest more time into Taka and he didn't want to do the job. And so they, he worked this one match and I think that was it. I don't think he was, I don't think it was a part of anything else. And I think that's where kind of things like, now, if this is true, maybe, you know, the, the original agreement that, he and the organization had with the WWF at the time because 
of this situation, it broke down, and that's why the light heavyweight division in 1997 didn't get off the ground the way that they had hoped originally, because yeah. his talent was not a part of it, yeah. with the exception of Taka here. And I think that's also, I think there's a lot of political aspects to that. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, like you said, the relate, you know, at this point, we're, we're in the middle of a war, and you know, Vince McMahon was genius enough to, to find, for the lack of a better term, the free agents, the indies that were out there, Paul Heyman you know, would be a perfect example and strike up those business relationships, which gave him access to talent and preferred talent. And you have a Paul Heyman or a Taka that says, no, 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 don't go to WCW. You know, you're going to be buried behind Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, and you'll, you'll never see the light of day. You'll be wrestling on WCW Pro every, every Sunday. Yeah. Uh, go to the WWF, you know, where your, your potential in theory is unlimited. Where, and, 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 and that was, he was, while WCW was focusing on what they were good at, Vince was playing the long game. You know what I mean? Going, striking up these relationships all over the world yeah. to to really stake that claim for furthermore. Because again, and it proved positive when you looked at guys that jumped ship later on. Yeah, know? and that was very smart of him. Again, that's just that's just that's a, a level of his genius that as crazy as he might be. There it is. Ooh, classic. That's just that's just that's just why Vince McMahon is, wow. is, is a genius. Here we go, kicking out a finisher. It's like twenty nineteen all over again. <laughs> I don't was remember this that. Was this uh, new Dominion, old Dominion? <laughs> Fuck yeah! Chiefs one super climax. Yeah, yeah. spot. Yeah. <laughs> everyone kicking yeah, out everyone's super finishers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great stuff though. You can't deny that it's yeah. great stuff for what it is. That's the thing. The expectation you got to set for yourself on these is is. is Tantamount. This match, are you talking about the current stuff? Just, with uh, just in general, I think that's the rule of thumb I've always taken with it. Like, you know, I didn't watch Jesus. this match and say that Taka Mishinoku was going to be the world champion. You know what I mean? I was like, this guy's just a fucking good wrestler. I love that double underhook bridge right there yeah. for the finish. A very interesting way to end the match because these guys have been flip flop flying around and doing all the flippy doos. Um, that uh, you know, that, that light heavyweight cruiserweight wrestling was was known for here. Um, the winner, a, the great Sasuke, and it's a, it's a great crowd to do to put this match out in front of. If it, in many ways, it's somewhat of a you know a, a, a throw to to what Stampede Wrestling brought. You know, they brought a lot of the guys from England and Japan over, and this is that's what this crowd grew up on. Yeah, you know what I mean. So this is like the perfect card, Dennis. I think to your point for that crowd. You know yeah. what I mean? I think top to bottom, I I can't agree that you had you know. Matt Classics and, and, and the best of everything. But again, body of work, pound for pound. I'm still fighting. It's up there. Yeah. Classic. Great thread throughout the show. These two yeah. guys still fucking kicking each other's asses. These referees suck at breaking things up, clearly, if they're still fighting with each other. Yeah. A school bus, yeah. He rams him into a school bus. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, two years later, they're using the school bus to pin the guy. So, you know, it's just... Oh, part, yeah. part of the course. Yeah. Oh, what did I see about a bus? Oh, um, one of these same clown posses was fighting Mike Oslo on a bus, and he slid off. Oh, let's do it anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was in WCW when, yeah. when Mike Awesome did that 70s gimmick, and he brought out the Partridge family bus down <laughs> to the ring on Nitro, and um, the Insane Clown Posse, I guess, were a part of the match or something, and... He did that, like, running awesome bomb, that, like, running razor's edge, and he fucking planted that 
the little scrawny, well, yeah, the scrawny one, because he couldn't pick the fat one up. I thought it was the fat one. No, the, I think it's the fat one. No, I think it was the scrawny I one. I disagree with you, but I'm telling you, I think it was the fat he, one. I think it was the one that no one gave a shit about. Yeah, they, but, you know. they didn't give a shit about <laughs> actually, them, yeah. in, the, in, the, in the late 90s, they, they, they had a following. I, I mean, I they still do, I think. I, I think they still do. I, think, I still think people go... Are they, are they all into... Maybe yeah, they'll probably, they'll probably be a, a part of the the all out yeah, you know, SoCal United or whatever the City Invitational Battle Royal yeah. that they'll have at the all out pay per view. Probably I don't know. I just made up a name, but yeah, he fucking launched this guy and he slid off the fucking bus, he slid right off, and like hit, so the, yeah. hit the poor floor. guy. Yeah, it's clearly that wasn't the intention. Anyway, yeah. I play anyone who's listening to this podcast. Go on YouTube. It is a click who click. Just right. ICP slides off boss. It's hilarious. Yeah, that's pretty funny here. This is interesting to see Jerry Lawler wearing a cowboy hat because um, we were so used to seeing him in his, in his, in his king. Yeah, like how can he see? You know. And again, he's tipping his head to yeah. like so he could see Vince. He's yeah. right next to him. Yeah, he can't see shit. Yeah, and yeah. you know, you know, he's not wearing that the whole show. I mean, come on, he's got to be taking that off hat before you know. While they're off camera. I'm, I'm pretty sure he wore that whole fucking thing. If Look he at did, that. then he's the fucking MVP of this yeah. show. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and, and Vince, Vince looks like he's uh, he's a tourist in Texas. Yeah. With, with the, the fucking vest and the cowboy hat on. And, oh, man, the Mastodon. Vader time. Oh, I love Vader. Vader, mm. man, my opinion, I'll, I'll go on record saying he's definitely in the top five of big men of all time. Oh, absolutely. You know, I put him up there with Undertaker. I put him up there with Andre the Giant. Um. Yeah, I, he's he's in that conversation. Top Absolutely. five, top Absolutely. five easily. I'd put him in. I'd even if we do if we ever do a Mount Rushmore big men. Oh, we should so do that. He might he might he might make one of those. Man, I loved me some Vader. Mount Rushmore of Haas. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, there you go. That's Mount, the name of it. Mount Rushmore of Haas. I like. Ooh. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll make that happen someday. There's plenty of things we could talk about. It never ends on this show. But um, this 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 Vader here. Wasn't the, the the Vader I grew up loving from his days in WCW, um, and I thought the the association with Paul Bearer was a little strange, but my favorite Paul Bearer moment of all time. Me, me and the boys uh, when it was still popular, we rented um, one of the wrestling games in the mid nineties on Blockbuster. Paul, uh, 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 oh my God! Uh, Paul Bearer was one of the wrestlers you could be. What do you think his finisher was? What? He, he stood up on t- like 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 like, like, like it just stood up and just like fell on the wrestler. I don't know how to explain it. I, <laughs> it's I, like I the old Harley race yeah, headbutt. That, that was the finisher. It was like so fast. It was kind of believable. Watch but anyway, finish, kid. <laughs> <I'll> move. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> If anyone has played that game and listened to the podcast, uh, uh, definitely respond. respond. It, it was probably the... Yeah. It, was late, it was definitely early, early 2000s, late 90s. I wonder if it was like the Warzone game, maybe. Oh, it was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Me and the boys laughed so fucking... I mean, we're probably smoking pot, but the, 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 we used to laugh so fucking hard for like an hour. It was, it was that funny. Anyway... Paul Bearer here, managing Vader. This was during the period of time when Paul Bearer had a secret about The Undertaker, and uh, he didn't want to reveal that secret, um, or Undertaker didn't want to reveal that secret. And At one point in time, Undertaker was paired with Paul Bearer so he could prevent that secret from, uh, from, from, from being unveiled, and then eventually he had enough, and he, uh, he, he, put, he put the boots to... Let me put uh, the craw to you here, Dennis. 
as Dave set that up. What did he do? As you set that up, Dave, let me let me let me put the let me let me put the boots to Dennis. So you oh. talked earlier about about the the stuff with mankind and the interviews and the and the and the change to being a baby face and all that and how it it, it laid to waste all of his credibility. And around this time, again, this storyline that, that you're talking about, Dave, humanized the Undertaker. This guy had a brother. Yeah. A mom, a dad. Yep. I think he turned out okay. Just, and, uh, just putting that out there. And, 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 and so, and I, and, and, that fat fuck could put that Undertaker to his knees. Yeah. He did it, and he got it over. You can, you can be human. I know you're a big proponent of nasty heels, badasses. You know, mowing I, down the mowing down the competition. But I gotta care about you. I gotta, I gotta know why you matter. And if it's because you got a brother. I love a good story. That you murdered. <laughs> you know, I think it's, it's, it, I need a story. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's like everything we watch, you know, it's, so to me, I yeah, think, I think this just, this just flew in the face of your theory. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, no, it just, it's just, just mankind, I mean, that, that it just, this example, it's just. His heel work was just so good. I just thought it was—I thought it was more superior to his face work. Anyway, do you think? Just... Do you think maybe because you were—and—and I—I and could be guilty of this at times yep. too when it comes to certain guys. I could be stuck in a certain, a certain way of how I perceive a character, and when the when that change comes, I have a hard time adapting to it. Do you think maybe you had a hard time adapting to him? Oh, being, absolutely, absolutely. Because for instance, I'll be honest with you. The Mankind character grew on me, but I wasn't a fan of it in the beginning because I loved Cactus Jack, and I would have loved a Cactus yeah, Jack in the WWF. You know, and we we would get incarnations of it. Yeah, it wasn't the same. It came pretty damn close when he had that run with Hunter um, in two thousand. But um, I loved Cactus Jack from his WCW days. Like, and I'm recently since I've been doing um, these. Uh, the, the, the Weekend Warriors edition of Marking Out the Days with Kobe, I get to watch a lot of old WCW Saturday night. And yep. uh, there's a lot of some, some hidden gems um, from that show in general. But the Cactus Jack stuff, really good stuff. Um, and just why it made me a fan of him, um, you know, especially when he came to the WWF as the Mankind character. I was like, they're not, I was like, Cactus, they're not doing Cactus Jack? Like, what the, f-? you know, like, but over time, Mankind grew on me and yeah. I became, you know, I, I, I became a fan. Um, I think that's fair. I, I, what you just said, Dave, it's very fair. Cause I have a tendency to be like that where if they change a guy up or, um, if they split a group up, like for instance, I was not a fan of splitting up the Dangerous Alliance in 1992. I love that stable. I thought that they could have ran with them for fucking years, the way that they ran with the Horsemen. But they split them up pretty quickly. And I was kind of like against that. Even as a kid, I was like, no. I was like, why are they? No, I just, I I wasn't into it. Um, But over time... I gotta try it on and see if it fits, and I'm like that with in a lot of ways. So I kind of we're all s- like that too, you know. We're 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 really simple, you know, as far as what we get entertained by. Um, but again, I think there's a shelf life, and it sounds like at least in that example, Dave, like you just weren't ready for it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and I think we've all we all have we all have we all have that. You know yeah. what I mean. I could probably strike an example, you know, at, you know, in a few moments, but 
as it comes to me. But again, I think that's that's the way it is. You see them as you first see them, as you're first introduced to them. That's what you gravitate towards. And you know, we, we look fondly back on this stuff because this is what we this is how we first learned about wrestling, what we're yeah. watching now and beforehand, and the nostalgia of it all. And that's what we gravitate towards, and and that's our standard. So any change off of that, you know, while we are we're creatures of habit, you know. So that's that 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 speaks to that. Mm. Creatures of habit, creatures of the night, Undertaker, yeah. Vader, hooking it up. Um, I miss uh, Vader, by the way. That, that uh, yeah. It, it, it what's, what makes me sad that that, that, that uh, talking about like hidden gems and vaults and stuff like that. Boy meets world. For, no, that's true. Hidden yeah. gem, yeah. watch. Hidden I gem. That gem. That was very popular. No, I mean like <laughs> hidden gem. Hidden gem, like him being on those shows. Uh, was I'm awesome. say, awesome. What I was getting at. His, his work in Japan, uh, that, that uh, I never really got to saw it until like um, two, three years ago. You ever ago. see the match he had with Stan Hansen where fucking Hansen yeah, popped his fucking eye out? Yeah. That shit was crazy. Yeah. I watched that yeah. recently. I was like, holy cow. I would, ar- I would argue that Vader's best work was in Japan. And that, that, uh, I think everybody would argue. Yeah, that's absolutely that, uh, pretty unanimous, well, I, I would say. I didn't see enough of it, I to, never I didn't see enough of it to, say, to, to, to make it a, an assumption, but I definitely liked his WCW work. Clearly, over nobody. Li- I don't one of think the, anybody liked One of the all-time out. great Ganjins over here, Vader. Gaijins, yeah, Vader. Yeah. yeah, I would. Yeah, Vader. Vader was probably like the first. Uh, not one of the oh, like, Mount Rushmore of uh, of Americans in Japan. I'd put him on that. Yeah. Him, Brody, Hanson, and maybe uh, Omega. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, that that that'll, that'll get the internet riled up. But um, yeah, no, I, I definitely enjoyed Vader's. WCW work, and I felt like he worked the best when he worked with smaller guys. This match is a good match. Don't get yeah. me wrong; it's a good match, and it it, it was I was pleasantly surprised. It's like an out of shape um, Brock Lesnar. Like Brock, <laughs> no, and I, I mean that in the best way, honestly, because I look at I, I look at him now, what, I'm, what we're watching now, and I'm like, this is Brock Lesnar. This is Brock Lesnar without the physical freak gifts that Brock Lesnar was born with. You know what I mean? I, I totally agree Just that with pure you. brute, unimpressive like. From a psychological standpoint, but a, impactful. Yeah. Suplex I, City before it was Suplex City. Why? What is he? Is it, so, so, so well, well, all these regards for him, how great of a wrestler was. Why do you think he never had the belt for in uh, in a WWF? Vader. Yeah. Um. There's been a number of reasons. I've heard injuries. A babyface promotion by tra- um, by trade. Yeah. Like, but, uh, what, you know, what type of run would he oh, have? Would he splash Gorilla Monsoon, though? I Dude, thought, oh, yeah. I thought Fucking sure. traumatic moment of my life. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, he, he's, he's on his way to the championship. Gorilla Monsoon's sure. the grandfather of the WWF. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was everybody's grandfather. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. 100%. Um, Great way to make him the fucking biggest, baddest dude, but that fizzled quickly. I heard he was um, he he had an issue with Shawn Michaels and that really prevented that kind of put a, a stop to his push. Um, if you and we've Justin and I've talked about it before, but um, I'll I'll you know bring it up again. Uh, there was a uh, there was a match that Vader had with Michaels at SummerSlam in 1996. Yeah, and if you go back and you watch that match, at one point Michaels is going to go jump off the top rope and do an elbow, and Vader was supposed to move, but Vader didn't move, and Michaels landed on his feet, and he was like, "Move, fucking move, move, asshole," or something. And he got mad, and he like kicked Vader, and then it just kind of like snowballed from there, and. I guess you know Michael's backstage influence influenced uh, management to um, 
not take a look at Vader. And then that's when they went to the original. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, his ruffles his hair. Yeah. What a bastard. Yeah. My Undertaker, <laughs> did you use conditioner in your hair today? <laughs> For real. <laughs> but what's also like, I think what also kind of makes Vader, especially at this time, so, so revolutionary is that an Undertaker would be included in this. It's big men just traditionally just, they never left their feet. They never sold or didn't sell as much as we're used to now yeah. you know people i think old school people would say that you know there's too much um credibility that's taken away from a big guy but to me i think the best of them make it work with just again just how they sell for each other and that doesn't apply here because they're both big but you put these guys in the ring with the smaller guys like you said and they, they'll make those guys look good you know on that comeback just because of how nasty they were yeah you know what i mean and they know how to bump they know yep. they you know, that, that's huge yeah. You know, it's almost like a, a, a similar situation. Kicking out of finishers, you know? It, like, when a big man would, would take a bump in, you know, back in the day, it was like, oh my God, you know, perfect example. You know, Hogan body slamming Andre. Guy didn't leave his feet for 15 years. You know what I mean? In, you know, most people's conscience, right? But that eventually evolved in the same way that, again, people kick out of finishers left and right, where you can argue that it it kind of takes away from what makes this all real. Is a big guy supposed to leave his feet that much? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. But it just, you know, if you're if the people in the ring are making you believe it enough, it almost goes away. Take a shoe off. <laughs> Jeez. Speaking of big man leaving their feet. Yeah. His shoe left the foot. Yeah, holy shit. I forgot about this. He's so happy with himself. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I, I don't know, I just look at the way he just moves in the ring. Like, just his mannerisms, the way he walks, Vader, and he, he's Brock Lesnar. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Like, Stalking his prey. Yeah. Just kind of like just how that he, swagger, like, how yeah. he carries himself. Yeah, that's a, uh, no, that's a, I never thought of it like that, but that's and, a great comparison again, there. He's very brute and just yeah. pure and, again, not impressive. This isn't like but it's artistic psychology, it's effective you know? and believable, though. Yes. You know what it, I mean? It's a fight. Yeah. And that that's that resonates because you get punched in the face, you're gonna, in you know, real life, you're gonna you're gonna leave your feet. <laughs> yeah. I remember, and Justin, you and I have talked about this. I believe we talked about it on one of the very early episodes. Um, uh, Vader, um, as a kid, um, he was always very intimidating to watch. But the 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 most intimidated I ever felt watching Vader was after. He powerbombed Cactus Jack on the concrete floor in an episode of WCW Saturday Night. And they began that angle where Cactus Jack disappeared and he was homeless. Yeah, I remember that. Just remembering as a kid, you know, the impact that you heard. You, like, I could feel... Like, I could feel like someone punched my chest in when Cactus Jack hit that pavement, watching it at, like, you know, nine years old. I was, like, I couldn't believe it. And then just seeing Vader over there, like, like as a kid, I was like, damn, like, that's a bad dude right there. Like, Vader's a bad man. And, like, that stuck with me with Vader all throughout his the rest of his <clears throat> run in WCW going into the WWF. And that was the Vader I was hoping we would get in, in in his time in the WWF. And unfortunately, the closest thing we got to that was the stuff he did with Gorilla Monsoon. Yeah. Um, after that, he just kind of... Vader wasn't really 
looked at as this big intimidating monster anymore. He just was like another guy on the card. Yeah. It, it felt like. Yeah, because yeah, you're absolutely right. Like the matches, like the matches I can remember him were were. Did he have a tag team match with Mankind? And he kind of banded him. And... They were a team. They were yeah. a little duo. Yeah. Um, I always looked at that as kind of like the underworld henchman type yeah. little gimmick. Yeah. You know these. You know with Paul Bearer, kind of the, the handler, yeah. if you will, kind of Toka unleashing the unleashing the beasts yeah, to- on a nightly basis. Toka and Razor from the Ninja Turtle movie. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and as you mentioned, uh, uh, his match at SummerSlam against Shawn Michaels. Going in the head, if you ask me, like how he got to that match, I, would, I, I don't remember. I don't know. Like like who's like the. It's the, the guy very forced. Or, you know? it, honestly, if I remember, it was very forced because he did all that great stuff with Monsoon, and then it was relatively forgotten. It, Afterwards, you know, you the and then fun. next thing you know, he's he's, he's fighting Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam. Yeah, a little stuff. Yeah, a few you know run-ins with Yokozuna. Yeah, that's right. Um, but he was, um, and he was a part of the Final Four in that Royal Rumble, right? Wasn't yes, he, yeah. he was. Yep. Um, where he got took one for the team, got his face mask face in, yeah. split open. Yeah, when Undertaker kicked that chair in his face. Um, but the, the the title match with Sean, um, he got a pinfall victory over Sean in a six right. man at the International Incident Pay Per View in July. That's of right. That actually was a, a big deal pri- a year prior. Yeah, that's right. And they turned that into Vader's warranted a title shot for beating the champion. I like that device. Yeah, instead of like oh number one contender match. Yeah, like, yeah, or just like tonight a singles match on Raw, and then yeah. you know the guy wins, and it's all right. They're gonna fight at the pay per view. It's like. Yeah. There's nothing interesting to that. There's yeah. at least more players involved mm-hmm. to give you curiosity in like a six man where yeah. you score the fall versus like I just saw them wrestle straight up and this dude won. What more am I gonna see? Yeah. The greats can show you more, but I can't ooh, I, I ooh, can't wow. lend that I can't lend that um to ooh. Oh that would have been such a good spot. Super showdown. Yeah. <laughs> Goldberg and in the yeah. Undertaker. Super slowdown. Oh with, man with these two. I actually finally did see that match. Yeah, that was as bad as advertised. I all right. So <laughs> all right. So when I spoke with you guys, we'll, we'll we'll touch on this subject here while we're watching this match. When I spoke with you guys when that match first took place, because you and I that same day recorded the ECW uh, yeah. one night stand watch party. Which you can find over in the archives at SoundCloud.com. Oh, jeez. The Retromania Pro Wrestling oh, Podcast Network. Geez. I mean, come on. I got to plug it. I mean, it was shit. a good one. It was a good you one. You know what I mean? It, was it wasn't one. as smooth of a transition as I would have liked, but, you know. And a nice transition. Yeah, you know. I need, you know, a little more Vaseline next time. But um, anyhow, um, when I was when I was with you that day and then the, the show went on and I, I didn't watch um, I didn't watch the show live. Um, I had to go to work later, and then uh, I was, um, what was I doing? Oh, so I saw the, the, the gif on Twitter of when Goldberg fucking dropped him with that jackhammer. And then I saw the gif when Undertaker tombstone him and Goldberg's head hit the mat. And I was like, oh my god. And then, I, of course, I heard everyone, this is terrible. He fucking got himself concussed when he hit the pole. No, he concussed himself when he when he hit his head on the door during his entrance. And 
I didn't have high expectations of the match going in, especially given their age and their limited ability. So I I wasn't expecting an all-time classic. But I figured it was going to be on the level of Goldberg Brock from WrestleMania a few years ago. And the first few minutes I was like, this ain't terrible. They're giving us their best stuff. Chokeslam, Tombstone, Spear, uh, you know. Whew. Um, Impressive. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> oh, mm. he did. He came close to dropping. He's done that plenty of times, and we don't seem to remember that. Yeah. But yeah. And so, there's the finish right there. Undertaker with the victory over Vader for the WWF Championship. Is this where uh, Polly does the big reveal? No, they do it on TV. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. They. Yeah. They. They built. They. They, they built the TV for that one. Um. But aside from the the two fuck-ups from both Goldberg and Undertaker, because a lot of people like to yeah. point the finger at fucking Goldberg, and he was the one, he was the reason why the match was the shits, but Undertaker deserves the blame as well. Um, they should have... Uh, th- th- uh, the match wasn't terrible. Are you sure, Dave? Uh, th- 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 but All right. Granted, granted, when, when Bef- he- before he hit his head yeah. and, and bled on the pole, you thought the, the, the four or five minutes before that was, was fucking awful? Uh, I don't want to use that terminology. That's true. Uh, it wasn't good. It wasn't great, but it, you get you got their best stuff. Spear. Then uh, last ride. Choke slam. Snake eyes. What, what, what I what I didn't get. That, 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 so 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 I know I know we're going back to my boy Kenny Omega now. Oh, if you want to see really? a botch gone wrong, but the finish, but the finish still had a finish. Watch Evil versus Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega does a V-trigger right to his head. Knocks him out. Is that a video game combo? No, no, no. uh, uh, Up, up, down, down, left, right, circle. So anyway, no, the V-trigger is a knee to the head. Uh, 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 Unfortunately, Omega got him with a knee, knocked the motherfucker out cold. So what does he do? He's like, oh my God, we're we're supposed to have another 10 minutes, but guess what? It's time to do the safest of, of all time. Uh, one winged angel, boom, the same as all the time. He landed perfectly on his back, and then he pinned him one, two, three. Like, 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 why couldn't he just after that? Wait, when he's going, just do the fucking tombstone and end the fucking match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like I said, I watched the match recently in full, and I was like, aside from the, you know, I didn't expect much. I didn't have high expectations going into it. Most wrestling fans were pissed that the match was even happening, and then they got more pissed that it sucked in their minds when they then they knew going in it wasn't going to be a technical masterpiece. But um, nonetheless, before he hit his head on the pole and bled, and then they they had the the the, the two big botches that almost killed each other. I don't think it was as terrible as people make it out to be. I will say that. I will also say too, they're older. They were out in the fucking elements of that heat. They said it was like 101 degrees. They were giving those guys like salt hydration drinks to keep them hydrated so they wouldn't fucking pass out. You know what I mean? Um, and to go out there and at their age and try and perform at a reasonable, respectable <clears throat> level in that in that and uh, that kind of weather, I give it to them. But I will say this, um, you know. Those guys obviously aren't regular, aren't wrestling on a regular basis, and they don't need yeah. to. But um, if they decide, you know, both of them say, you know, what, I'm gonna walk away. I'm not gonna do this anymore. My body can't take it. I've done enough. I'm not gonna be arguing that point either. Yeah, and you know, it's it's you know, and I don't, don't want to 
stay too current, but it's, yeah. it's, it's another big show over there where that their headliner just under-delivers. Yeah. Not, not under-delivers, because again, I realize that the expectations, but... You know, you had you had the DX versus Brothers Brothers of Destruction, which is a Botchamania match, you know, at its finest, and and then you got this. Like, are they are they gonna do something about that? You know what I mean? I know that I know it's a paid show. It doesn't, but at the end of the day, you gotta you gotta deliver. You, yeah, you know what I mean. You gotta you gotta deliver somewhere, and I feel like he had just had the two the the, the two most recent ones in the last eight months that just didn't really. Oh, that fucking mm. DX against Undertaker and Kane, my God. Yeah, just, you know, it's... I, I, hope, I hope they can figure out ways, other ways other than just dusting off the 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 tried and trues to to deliver a a, a quality show from well, top if, to Well, if these fucking Sheik Abduls, you know, that, 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 you know, and these princes over there that, that would... Can they stay current? Were they? Wasn't there a story I read too that one of them asked for Yokozuna? No, Andre didn't know, the Giant. Right? Didn't know when the, oh, Yoko was dead. Yeah, yeah, and I've they, heard that like, too. Eh. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, back to 1997. Yeah, let's get back to it. Yeah, when all those guys that we're complaining about now were good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you got the kind of the WWF Team USA All Stars here. Um, Kind of a revival of sorts, now uh, of Goldust uh, before where he is. To at. me, Goldust was the odd man out. I was like, why the fuck is he know. in this? Because you know, why? everyone had a conflict with another guy. That's what it was. Yeah, obviously. But here's the other thing too. And we'll, 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 to me, it's we'll, the Road Warriors that were odd. But yeah, no, I thought they were cool. And I, sh- I was a bit no, as in like like they were the tag team that had to be you know uh, that fit across the other tag team. You know what I mean? Goldust and Pillman, Shamrock and Bulldog, you know, mm. Austin, Brett. So then well, who's left? Anvil and Owen. Not that I, they were a tag I, team, but again, exactly. They were like, well, we need two guys. We I need mean, some names. I mean, at the time, you know, this wasn't, from what I've read, was not the original lineup. Um, Sean was supposed to be a part of this team. And he had that fight in the locker room in Hartford against Brett. And he went home and said, I'm not coming back. Um Here's a moment, Justin, you and I discussed recently um, during this uh, during this pay-per-view. This was the singing of the Canadian National Anthem um, by, I don't know who these fucking girls are. Like Katy uh, Perry? No, they were like the Canadian version of Wilson Phillips, except they were all skinny. Um, yeah, so uh, they sang the Canadian National Anthem for this event, um, for this main event here. Um, but... Um, yeah, Sean was originally supposed to be a part of this. Now imagine, as as hot as this crowd was for this event, and we're actually I'm gonna put the sound on for the entrances of the baby faces here. Because, oh, it exploded. Yeah, it was nuts. Imagine Shawn Michaels on that team with Steve Austin, Shamrock, L O D or even Gold Up. Oh, whatever. Would have been would have been amazing. It would have been like riot level type yeah, shit. It would have been amazing. You know what I mean? With Sean on that team. Who would have come off that team for Shawn Michaels? Gold dust, probably. I mean, again, Gold he dust. had he had something in the works with Brian Pillman. I'll give you that. They were starting it at this point, <clears throat> but I think out of just pure star power, yeah, I think you would have probably. You're not taking Hawk and not Animal either, you know. So yeah, and and Shamrock was someone that they were investing in, and of course Austin was Austin. So, yeah. um, I'm wondering. Look at the ropes. Paid, the ropes are shaking. If you paid 
Yeah, that's crazy how the building is shaking. Look at the ropes are shaking because they're getting into the, 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 the Canadian National Anthem. This place is fucking going nuts. I'm going to have to turn the sound on now to hear the, uh, the, the entrances of both teams here. Who comes first, though? It's the, it's the, the heels, right? The heels, yeah. The, the American team. The American team, heels yeah. here on this side of the border. Do you want to play the entrances for that? I'll, I'll, I'll wait. I'll do the entrances for the baby faces, for the hometown boys. Because uh, I think, you know, the audience will, our listeners will uh, appreciate that more. Every, the, um, the hearts, of course. The hearts, the matriarch and patriarch, the heart family, and uh, the premier of the, the province governor. of Alberta. Yeah. Every yeah. says Harry Smith right there. That's yeah. a good uh, tribute to question. What do you call um, um, the leaders of the Canadian provinces? Premieres. Yeah, yeah so I mean. <laughs> oh, I thought you were like asking like you. No, no, no. Know. I think that'd be a good trivia yeah. question. Yeah. Bruce Hart got to get his spot in. It's nice to um to see, as far as after we you know, years later reading books and interviews, you know, how important this show was to the family and and how it gave the recognition to both Stu and Helen that they rightfully deserved after the years that they've given to that city and that you know and that yeah. country. Uh, family business, you know, so I thought that, you know, looking back on it now, I think it was a real touching tribute that they gave that acknowledgement there. That's pretty cool. They, yeah, they, they, they paid homage. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't pay enough tribute to Stu Hart, you know? No. When he, you know, when, he, when Stu Hart, Stu, Stu Hart was so old even then that, you know, when, when they, when they started professional wrestling, you know, at the round table with Jesus and Moses and all those guys, Stu Hart was there. Yeah. He was, he was writing it down. So, uh, you writing this down, Stu? We're gonna, uh, the, the first match when the, the bell card, rings, that's when we start fighting. The, the first match on the card is gonna be uh, Jesus Christ, and he's gonna face. The, he's gonna be the baby face, and then the heel we have uh, we have Lucifer, <laughs> and the exactly. devil. And uh, that match is gonna be a no disqualification. Anything goes. What do you think would draw better? Jesus for Satan or Jesus for Judas? I would have had Judas. I think that would have Judas better. would have, it was definitely a better story. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> 100%. That's like, you know, he turned heel. Yeah. He turned heel. Turned his back on, on, on the big baby face in the territory. Jumping Dude, the shark or going religion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, there's no filter for me. I don't yeah, no, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I say that now. So you know, while I'm shit. still, while I'm not married yet, you know. You know, yeah. Heart Foundation. Does that Heart Foundation And Shamrock Rocks. Wow. Oh, you know, yeah. They're lucky they're hot. Yeah, they were. I'm sure they were waiting out back to. to, to <laughs> he probably brought them to the show. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they were waiting out back ready. This is hot. That 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 I don't care if you're smoking. You're, if you're a gorgeous girl, do you sign like that though? Back in those days, Oof, I don't know. Yeah, smart. Uh, yeah, during that time period with the 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 divide between the United States and Canada. Uh, if there wasn't a divide before with the two countries, there was with this storyline, yeah. um, with you know the Hart Foundation being the the, the Canadian hero. Oh yeah, it cracked me up that that, that uh, in America for American wrestling, the uh, the Iranian wrestler got got less heat than the Canadian wrestler at this point. It was kind of <laughs> yeah, funny. that is that is that is rather interesting here. <clears throat> Howard Finkel with a cowboy hat on. I forgot about that. Everyone wore a cowboy extra, hat. Extra 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 points for that one. Not only do we got that that um, um, gimmick commentators. We got gimmick announcers. Nice job. Yeah, there you go. And here's the man right here, captain of this team, Stone Cold Steve Austin. The baddest dude in Canada. Yeah, 
Without a doubt. You know what I like, too, about this show that, you know, we obviously can't experience it with the sound off. But if you go back and you remember watching, um, for weeks on TV, when they were in the United States, the commentators like JR and Vince were kind of in support of guys like Austin and some of the other guys on this team. But then they're in Canadian territory and... All of a sudden, they are in support of the Hearts. And then Lawler, who was in support of the Hearts on WWF TV, was all of a sudden back to bashing the Hart family. I just found that dynamic rather interesting um, when it came to the, the, the way the commentators... Uh, here are the entrances... Got his start in Calgary... I'm really, I'm really surprised that they didn't come out all together. No, this that that was the best part. In my, I mean, it was like it's like senior night. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, good point. That is a good point. I like that. I like that term. Everyone gets the like. This is probably Pillman's shining moment. You know? Yeah. Arguably, all five of them it's separately. Now, if you didn't know what Jim Anvil Leonard's theme music was, here it is. <laughs> All those years being in teams, he had his own music. They probably had to dust something off for him. so familiar. so generic. Yeah, it's the one time in his life he used it. He's right, man. It was a real deal. Mrs. Calgary. Diana Hart. She's still a fox. Yeah. The other goes David Corey Smith is leaving the music here. Yep. Yeah, I saw that. One of the international flavors that was brought to North America. Mm. Love that game so much. crazy. If we ever did a Mount Rushmore of people that never won the championships, I have three on this team right here. Yeah. Owen, Davey Boy, <clears throat> and Brian Coleman. Well, you, can, you, you can make a good case for, for, for those guys for sure. Here this, we go. This is the big one right here. They make you wait for this one. for battle. Yeah, that one puts a lump in my throat. Everyone on that stage but Brett and Diana are no longer with us. That's crazy. 
a, a local connection, a hometown thing that you don't see in wrestling really a whole lot anymore, too, that that was at its finest. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? They played it up. <laughs> no, that was good, JR. <laughs> oh man, that was great. That was good. You see, like that—that that was my point I was making earlier. Is that like it's funny how like the dynamics changed based on geographically where they were. Yeah. Two weeks before, Lawler was singing the praises of the Heart Foundation. Then he went back to 1993 and said, you know, made that made the comment about the glasses. Yeah, if that uh, happened now in wrestling, people would be picking I, that apart to death. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? Oh my God! Last week they were in Alberta there's and they were no, cheering. There's, there's no continuity. This is going way off the wheels now. I just wanted to mention, like, funny... When Cobb Dave said something, like, hilarious. Yeah, go that, for that, it. That, that, uh, so I've been watching old-school Monday Night Raw. We're talking, like, 94-ish. That, that, uh, oh, wow. Did you remember the ad where they had, like, uh, where, 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 where those little baby playing blocks... And like started crying a little bit, and then all of a sudden they put turn on Raw, and they get all excited. Oh yes! You remember that? Okay, so 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 they played that ad, and all of a sudden they got back right behind the brain heat. He goes, "Wow, even the one, two, three kids are big fan of wrestling." So good. Speaking of speaking of the ads, the classic is the one where the the kid and the dad are in the tunnel, and Brett's walking, and Brett. Walks over, they got this. They got the gnat sound of the his boots hitting the ground. He walks over, just you know, big breath the Hitman heart. Go get him, champ. Yeah, hands on the glasses. Oh my god, I get goosebumps yeah, thinking about yeah. that. That's every one of us. Oh man, that was classic stuff. The new generation. I'll tell you, you got to watch some of the old superstars. There's some funny stuff in some of that stuff. There was so. During this time, what's currently on the network right now is 1992, the majority of 1992 of WAF Superstars. And this was during the time period where they were doing the, the World Bodybuilding Federation. Oh, of course. You gotta want it. Oh, the Ico oh. Pro. I was so, surprised you could remember that, Justin. So, so there was, so, yeah, you never forget that shit. And so I there was, there, there was a. So apparently there used to be like a WBF show on Saturday mornings on the USA Network. I totally forgot about this. So Vince was pumping, you know, promoting the the, the show on the network that he hosts. And um, I could just picture him like with his hands grabbed around his cock as he's like reading this off in the studio doing the the pre-tape read 
with the video in front of him and they show like the girl like on the rollerblades and you know people working out and they're all these big bodies and he is like he goes WBF it's about food and nutrition fun in the sun riding and sliding I was like what the fuck is he riding and sliding porn. I was like this is porn oh my god I was like and, I, and then I think to myself like I wonder if like Pat Patterson was like in there like Vince, Vince that's right you ride and then you slide and then maybe you know you use one hand and then maybe two hands and then with the hand on the balls and the cock, and then I put the cigarette out, and then you know, maybe I, you know, hey, that's about a pace, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, Pat Patterson, an individual I'm sure who uh, played a big part in uh, structuring this match. Well, yeah, I think he actually did. If, if we go back to that, uh, that Hitman Heart uh, Wrestling with Shadows, that's they right, they go backstage, and that's the stuff I geek out about is just sit the guys sitting there and, and talking out the match, and you know, Brett kind of narrates it, you know, over. And he's just, you know, any any good director of a of a movie of a scene, you know, you got to go toe to toe. Then you settle it yeah, down. You and got, then you yeah. go back up and you toe to toe. Literally, literally walking the audience. That's probably one of the first times I ever saw that happen through the psychology Same. of the match. And yeah. it, again, I could I could turn that on right now, and I would love it just as much because that's literally why we invoke the feelings we do and where that starts, yeah. and why we still do it as adults. You know what I mean? That's just I love that stuff. Oh, yeah. Shamrock and the big nasty rhino. <laughs> that uh, former uh, Oakland Raider. Really? Yeah. Really, Ken Shamrock? No, Inville. Uh, Jim uh, the Inville Nighter was an Oakland Raider. Did you know that Ken Shamrock did not originally get his start in MMA? He actually went. And be, he did football a, too. He was a wrestler before he did MMA. Uh-huh. So everyone, including myself, for the longest time, thought that Shamrock, you know. Was a mixed martial artist, ultimate fighter, oh, and then he transitioned first. to WWF. No, he was a wrestler first. He wrestled, I want to say he wrestled a little bit in Calgary, but he was also a. a, a, a he wrestled in Japan for a little I while. I want to say, he? too, yeah, he he was a part of the uh, the original MMA promotion, Pancrase. Yes. Which is like pure, straight up fighting. Yeah. Like no gloves, which is what UFC be, started out as, but. The inspiration for UFC was Pancrase. Yeah. Uh, but more on a Japanese sport level versus what UFC started out as, which was more of like the battle of the tough guys. Yeah. Um, that's where he, that he, that's where he worked. It was basically, it was basically like, <laughs> Pancrase was like, um, we should do a watch along of that movie. Yeah, dude. No holds barred. Pan- I love that Pancrase movie. was like, um, was like, uh, it was shoot fighting, but yeah. with storylines. Yeah, kind of like what Bellator is, has become, I guess, in recent years, in this last yeah. year or so. Bellator is still seen as like a... <laughs> yeah, but, but, but add like Japanese, like, you know, exploding your mouth gum commercials in between, you know? Oh, God, yeah. But yeah, that's... No, and yeah, like I said, he. I think he, he tried his hand in football, and I don't, I don't think he made it far. Gotta look at all the... And, and if we're going to kind of translate to the other... Like, all these guys are impressive athletes. Pullman, second-team All-American... Miami of Ohio behind the refrigerator, William Perry at nose tackle. Yeah. Impressive athlete. Cincinnati Bengal. Yeah, Cincinnati Bengal. Yeah. Again, Anvil, uh, Oakland Raider. Again, Ken Shamrock, Hall of Fame, you know, mixed martial artist. Stone Cold Steve Austin playing college football. Road Warrior Animal. I mean, his son, James Laurinaitis. Um, and, again, the Hawk is an underrated athlete in wrestling. That, you know, was one of those guys who never... There was always hopes and dreams that Hawk would become uh, the man. The man, but it just never came to fruition. But the guy had 
like natural gifts on like a Jake Roberts level. Yeah, psychology. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just that's he understood it in a way that he couldn't teach it. Yeah. Once again, the, the the mankind syndrome, where you got like a certain stigma of of, of yourself that tag team. Well, that's how yeah. Well, yeah. that's how good the Road Warriors are. The yeah. Road Warriors, like we did, we did the tag team at Warsmore, I mean, and I probably said I, it then. Could, they were the Hulk Hogan of tag teams. But how how could Hawk Animal be like a legitimate, like, you know, single wrestler when they were so, so freaking good at the tag team? Well, yeah, you know, the they money, tra- the money is them together, not apart. Yeah, yeah, just no, like absolutely. a lot of presentations in wrestling. Absolutely, and you know what? There's yeah. nothing wrong with that, and I feel like that's what. I miss tag team wrestling for that. I wish we could see more of that. People, people, you know, a lot of wrestlers are, are and you hear you 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 hear the old phrase like if you're not in it to be the champion, then you know you shouldn't, you know, you need to get out. Um, and that mentality is seems to run through um, <clears throat> to this day, um, even with some tag teams. You know, eventually a lot of these tag team wrestlers are probably going to want to venture out and do their own thing. Um, but then you have the tried and true tag teams of the world, like the Young Bucks. I'll give them credit, even though I'm not a huge fan of them. They are a a organic, real tag team. The Usos in WWE. Revival. Uh, revival. I think it's an economic uh, thing, too, if you think about it. Like, you're going to make more money as a single star. Yeah. Even just on a salary level. You're yeah. just, you know, they're going to pay you for half the work. Yeah. You know, theoretically, and half the point, presentation. So, even if... You are as great as you, these guys can be as a tag team. You want to, you want to beat it. You want to make it to the top, not because you get to wear a belt. Yeah. You want to make it to the top because you make the most money. Yeah. Um. So that's really again, it's an economical thing more than anything. Oh yeah. Because you know, if you want to be an artist, sure. And then I'll give and I'll give the own bucks credit for that. They they are they are still a tag team. They, I don't foresee a reason that they will ever split up. And they have found way they have found ways around that, and still make the most money possible. So I'll give them that. Let's stop talking about today. Yeah. Let's go back to 1997 yeah. Yeah, when the young bucks are about seven years old. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, probably they probably hold this pay per view in high regard as well. Yeah, they probably watched this show too, like like a lot of people. And, yeah, and there's something wrong with you if, if, if you don't like this pay per view. Seriously, <laughs> I think what's great about it too, and this was something that was different at that time, is that like there's like four matches on this card. Yeah. You know, and the, the championship match isn't the headliner. The championship match, I mean, well, it was unpaid. Ob- you know what I mean? It was obvious based on the the, the, the direction of the story with the Heart Foundation oh, in Calgary. They had to headline this. Of book. course, and, and I'm not saying that as like as a as, a, as a, like a condemnation of this because this deserved it. This yeah. was this sold this sold out the place. Yeah. Um, but just in general, is that the heavyweight championship doesn't have to be the main event. No, but what has to be the main event yeah. is what the most what what the most desired match is. Yeah, that people want to see. Exactly. So no, I agree. Whether it's the fantasy matchup, whether it's the the hometown guy, it yeah. doesn't have to be the world title. If no, that I... stuff all lines up, even better. Yeah, but, yeah, of course. You know, it, I don't think it should be forced that way because oh my god, we're the champs. I'm I'm the champ. I have to go on last. Yeah. yeah. It's not this. It's not 1985. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, yeah. It's not. It's 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 not as simple as that, if you will. But to, to, to my point about this being, you know, four matches on the card, um, this is, you know, a two-hour pay-per-view. Even even when we were younger, when we watched this, we felt like we got our money's worth for two hours with these four matches. Like, you felt like you saw a lot, and it went by pretty fast. Whereas nowadays, not to go back to today, but, you know, trying to draw a comparison here, you put 16 matches on a card, and you're watching a show for fucking five or six hours. Money in the bank, which is not a... The big four or whatever. Yeah. Well, we were, we, we were there in Hartford. Yeah. But the, the first bell match was what six thirty. Yeah. And we got out a a, a a hair short of eleven, I think. 
Yeah, and that wasn't long. that, but that wasn't bad either, though. Considering WrestleMania the month before was sixteen matches and seven and a half hours. You know, yeah. there were ten matches on that card at Money in the Bank, and granted, maybe it's because we were there and we watched it, but yeah. we felt like it it blew right by. You know, this is four matches on this card. This show, like I said, runs you know an hour and forty six minutes and change, forty eight minutes, and. You felt like you've watched a lot in a, in a two-hour span. It's NXT goes by this model with four or five matches on their card, and they run two and a half, almost three hours, and that's like perfect. That's like a perfect model right there. Um, I would even give them one more match, and and they'll be they'll be fine structure-wise for a pay-per-view. But I just like how at this time it was different, but leaves you wanting more. Yeah, which you don't see a lot of wrestling. You, exactly, either. you don't get that anymore. Um, but that was the beauty of like the next night, you know what I mean? Of of, of Monday Night Raw, you yeah. know, you had all right. You want your more? You gotta wait till tomorrow night at yeah. nine o'clock. What's gonna you happen your, tomorrow? Yeah, you get your more, you know. Oof, one of my favorite moves here. The Easy device. <clears throat> oh, oh, didn't sell it that great, but well, yeah, that's just that's just how good he was, you know. <laughs> just gonna land on his feet. <laughs> here we are. Amazing. I think that's a good point, by the way. Yeah, yeah that, 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 uh, that, uh, I wish commentators had, like, maybe the wrestlers back more. They didn't make second potatoes. Like, like, like me and Justin, like, Justin could have said, even the commentator, but, like, Owner, uh, Owner's such a good wrestler, he, even the Doomsday device, he lands on his feet. Instead of, like, you know, botching, people would be like, oh, yeah, what a good point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I hope the right people are listening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. I just never thought of that thing before. I'm just like, you know what? Yeah, why not? And that, and, uh, but, but, um, yeah. That, Sometimes uh, you got to call it like you see it. Exactly. You know what I mean? Instead of trying to cover it up. For, yeah, right. I understand the cover up aspect of things just from a production standpoint, but. There was if it a, happened there, in the ring. You gotta you gotta play it off like it was supposed to happen. Yeah, there was a and you know what? It's funny you you, you say that because um, over the last couple of years, I've I've been a, a regular listener of uh, the What Happened When Tony Schiavone podcast, and he would he would try as best as he can to call it as he saw it, even if they did make a mistake. Um, but at the same time. He would have management and production up his ass and in his ear about if something happened that was a mistake or wasn't supposed to happen, you don't even acknowledge it. Perfect example, Bobby Heenan's book. Bobby Heenan tells a story about one of the first nights he worked in WCW. Um, he was calling a match with Tony, and I think it was a pre-tape show, and the um, the uh, the guy in the they, in the replay, they would show when they did the replay at the end for the finish. They showed the guys, um, you know, with their signature moves and some other random stuff. Mm-hmm. They showed something where the guy like missed a clothesline or a drop kick or something. And Bobby didn't say anything. He was waiting for Tony to say something. And oh, Stone Cold Stunner right there to Brian Pillman. And he didn't say anything to Tony. And then when they took a break, he was like, "Why didn't you mention, you know, the guy? You know, why did they show the replay of the guy missing the clothesline?" And why didn't you mention it? And he was like, because we don't do that. And um, I think sometimes acknowledging the screw-ups makes the presentation more authentic. You know, like when ECW used to acknowledge mistakes that were made in the, you know, this guy 
fucked up on the plancha, you know what I mean? Um, well, I think it also it also keeps... And I, don't like, I don't want to use the word continuity because we've kind of thrown that around a lot. I love this move. Um, it, the, the, to me, the announced team, the broadcast team, they are the eyes and ears of the viewing audience on, yeah. at home. And there is that relationship yeah. built in in any live broadcast you watch mm-hmm. of anything. And when you fail to acknowledge a screw-up and, again, apply some realism to it, you kind of damage that relationship a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? You kind of, and that's where the insulting part plays in where, where, where the audience feels like, what the heck? Yeah. And then, and, and, and then the curtain starts dropping and then mm-hmm. it's, and then again, you, you, yeah, everything you just worked for just becomes a, a, a show more than it is an, an event. Yeah. 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 We were talking over some of this stuff here, but yeah. you no, know, those of you that are keeping score, um, Owen Hart taken out of the match. Uh, Bret Hart evening the odds. Bret Hart even the odds, out. and now Steve Austin's out of the match, and we're at an even four on four here. Um, so I just wanted your your opinion that I'm both your that that uh, something simple that that uh, so when a Canadian wrestler. Is wrestling a a a, a foreign like the heel like a foreign heel, and they go yeah what I say yeah what I say that that drive you crazy. Um, are you referring to WrestleMania nine when Brett and Yoko wrestled? They were chanting USA. Oh, don't do it for anybody. So 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 on American soil. Kenny Omega. Once again, sorry. was was wrestling. Uh, like like uh, like like folks Dennis hasn't blown him yet just uh, a quick uh, update yeah <laughs> he's mentioned him a lot but he hasn't blown him yet that, uh, but he was wrestling he was I'm a guy he was wrestling a guy that pulled out like like a foreign hero gimmick and then uh, and uh, they started going yeah what I say yeah what I say and Kenny goes and, you know screams it out I'm from Canada, and people are like, oh, and I'm like, no, what? That's one of my pet peeves. So like, like it happens all the time. Like Jericho would have a heel, like, like fighting, and he would be a face, and he's wrestling a foreign heel. They go, USA. He's like, he's fucking Canadian. Anyway, I don't know that drives me nuts. That really does. I wouldn't say it drives me nuts, but I notice it. I've noticed it before. Um. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. American soil. You know, bastard. You know, foreigner character. Yeah, whatever. I don't. You I mean, I. I uh, it's not because he's Canadian that it should be a bother. It's really. I don't even know where I'm going with that. We can keep moving because I, I just to me I'm not attached to wrestlers because of where they came from, like nationality wise. Yeah. Like the fla- I like the different flavors, but, I mean. I think that was the best example of WrestleMania Nine. Yeah, you know that's that's. And even Bobby Heenan brought it up on commentary. Is like these idiots don't know that neither of them are from the United States. One's from Canada and one's from Japan. <laughs> I love Bobby. Even Yoko is really. Simone. I think that's just that's just the uh, the American attitude that we all have towards things. Uh, a very off the rail story. Very brief. I'll keep. While uh, working at a you know the nightclubs one night and some Slovakian Eastern European uh, degenerate. Gets thrown out of the bar by my, uh, by me and my guys. Slovakian. And he's kind of doing. He's kind of you know, you know, he's walking out in a blaze of glory, walking to his car, marching away. You know, 
people on the patio watch it all take place, and he's f you, f you, f you, f you, and you know what are they what are they playing out to? USA, USA, USA. How do you hate that? That's hilarious. Yeah. It's more comedic than anything. If he did na 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 na, hey hey goodbye, that would have uh, that would really. Uh, really then you know. Then you know you're in the presence of a lot of wrestling fans. Yeah. <laughs> na 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 na. You don't hear that anymore, really, in the wrestling arenas. Let's bring it back. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. We'll do. We'll, we'll we'll do it on your wedding day. Yeah. When we're when we're when we're when we're walking out. Yeah. We're riding off. Yeah. Yeah. That, that'll. Or when you or when you make your way to the altar. <laughs> oh please, yes. <laughs> I'll start it in the church mm-hmm. <laughs> or in the venue. Excuse me. Yeah, go for it. Now you, you talked briefly with me on the, uh, the 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 wedding countdown from a couple weeks ago about um, <clears throat> a you know having having a, a, a say in the in the the entrances at the wedding and there was going to be uh, some pro wrestling inspiration um, can I vent without revealing it can I venture to guess um, is there any uh, heart foundation inspiration mm, no 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 okay. as much as I would love that that wasn't even worth bringing up for sure but yeah. no oh you didn't even you didn't even want to die on is that each no. Ruby going to come out to a different wrestling theme that'd be awesome no but uh, since we last spoke the uh, the original idea has since changed oh really um, for, for you no not for me but for the, the the wedding party what's the wedding party coming out to uh, when we spoke last was, about this was Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen, Bruce Springsteen seeing yeah. as it is a 4th of July theme yeah in that sense it has since changed um, I guess it's 4th of July theme but uh, the song by Katy Perry Firework was the new choice which it works um, not your choice, I'm assuming. No, no, not my choice. <laughs> uh, my, 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 my counter to Bruce Springsteen was real American, but uh, oh, that would have been awesome. But but here's the thing too, and even I said it to her, even when Born in the USA was brought up, was again she's she, you know she's born and bred or you know 100 percent Polish, and she has a lot of relatives who were not born in America. So I thought like that would be not a, a it would be silly. I feel like to have you know. Two thirds of that of of the audience that will be there on the day of the wedding, now, clapping away to "Born in the USA," and then you've got a small group of you know Polish women and men that you know immigrated here and created great lives for themselves that were not born in America. I think I, and she, I think that stuck with her, and then she changed her mind. You know, so now that you say that, you know what, you know what would have been hilarious. Is if you guys came out to James Brown living in America, and I could just—I thought of it scene from Rocky Four. <laughs> I brought that up too, actually. Apollo Creed's coming out, and like the Russians are just looking at him in like such disgust. I, we, I, I, that was that was that was uh, living in America. That, and that was um, that was that, that was the hypothetical that came up. Um, that I didn't have a lot of faith in, but you know. oh man, I'm I glad you stopped. I could have done that for ten minutes. I would have popped big. But yeah, we're going we're going with Katy Perry firework for the uh, wedding party entrance. <laughs> um, it works, you know. Gotcha. Um, you know, I, I, the advice I've been given throughout now, this. Now, wedding party, just the grooms and the bridesmaids, or does that include mom and dad and other? Includes you, Daryl, okay. uh, Nana, um, mom, dad. Flower girls, okay. ring bear. Yeah, I wasn't sure if how you structured yeah. it, you set it up differently. Yeah, 
Yeah, because it is a little unconventional. Yeah. Um, given the circumstances, so um, no, yeah, that's that's essentially gonna I be. I would have totally popped if he did live in America. Mm, James Brown, yeah. I would have fucking died. Yeah, part, there's 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 <laughs> there was parts of me in certain aspects of picking songs that was like, I want to just put this one song here or with this one song there and just hope that somebody gets like where it's from. You know what I mean? I don't um, just like a song that was in a scene of a movie that was funny, just things like that, yeah. that, man, if there's just one person who, who hears this and goes, is that the song from, like... That's what I kind of did with part of my entrance at, at my wedding, where I did the, um, the, the, the Chicago Bulls, uh, theme, where the oh, guy... that's right. That, you yeah. know? The Alan Parsons Project? Yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. And I was like... That's classic, I, I was like, dude. I want, I was... I didn't, the starting lineup, man. Yeah, yeah, the starting lineup. You know, I wanted to do. And it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, when I told the DJ that too, he was just like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." And then, he like, that, yeah. like he's then, never fucking heard that. And then, and then, no, he heard it, but yeah. like he didn't really like he didn't really think of it like that. And then, um, my wife Nikki, she looks it up and she's like. She goes, you're only doing that because that was Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's theme song. And I was like, well, I knew it was Steamboat's theme song. But it's more it famous the for the Bulls, it, yeah. It's more, yeah, it's more famous for the Bulls. And yeah. then she, like, she, she heard it, and I showed her, like, a video of, like, the Bulls, like, Jordan and Pippin coming out to it. And she was like, oh, okay, that's cool. I never knew she that got was it, Dragons. She, she got into that. Yeah, that was Ricky Steamboat's yeah, original theme in WWF. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, regarding your entrance at the wedding, I pictured... Um, I pictured you and Laura coming out to to Bret Hart in the same way that you get that we saw earlier with Bret coming out, um, you know, uh, Hart Foundation style. If I had complete autonomy and this creative control, yeah. If I had all the creative stuff, control, yeah. then absolutely that yeah. would have been uh, a leading candidate for sure. But um, there's there's something picked out for us. Uh, if you've ever been in the Society Room in Hartford, which is an old bank from like the 1800s. Beautiful place. It's gonna it's gonna look gorgeous, I'm sure. Um, there is a staircase that goes up to a mezzanine level where our cocktail hour, where Dennis can indulge in oh. plenty of Guinness, will uh, will be taking place. But for the entrances, when she comes down for the beginning of the ceremony, that's where she'll come from. And then when our entrance is made during the reception, while you're all coming down from the ground level. And congregating at the dance floor, Laura and I will come down the 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 the, the staircase itself. And here's the end of that, and the crowd goes crazy. So yeah, there is a there is a for that entrance, there is a there is a there is a ode to my wrestling lifelong fandom that. Uh, if you don't feel so inclined to know now, I will keep it keep it under wraps for sure, if you wish. Um, Would you like to know, Dennis? Or do you want to be surprised? I want to be surprised. You okay. want to be surprised? Okay. Uh, okay I'm with fair. you there. I'm kind of with you there. It will be live on Facebook. Kicking out it too. We'll be live at this wedding, Justin and Laura's wedding. We're gonna we're gonna make an attempt to uh, get get a get a moment with the with, with the groom and the bride. Um, you know, on live on Facebook on Kicking Out It Too. Uh, you know, we'll have it up there. Um, I will have this entrance posted. Um, later today, <laughs> uh, or later this evening, I should say, uh, of uh, you know uh, Justin and Laura uh, announced as the the first time as Mister and Mrs. Rosenbluth, yep. um, and I'll ha- and of course I'll have you on there, Dennis. So, you know we'll I'll, we'll make sure that you know you know you're uh, 
your presence is felt on the Facebook Live. Oh, yeah. It's gonna be fun so day. yeah, it's gonna it's definitely gonna be a, a good time had by all. I look forward to it. Just like a good time is had by all um, in this match here, as we we, we kind of talked over it a little bit towards the end, but a uh, a hell of a match. Um, Owen made the comeback from the injury. Yeah, from back from the Feels back. Like Brett should have been part of the finish. No, I, it worked out. I don't know. Just the psychology of it. Like if they if they made Brett the guy that limped off. Yeah. But I thought Owen. But I think was the people would have been disappointed if Brett was gone. You know. What yeah. I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's why they had to do it for yeah. Owen. And again, it set up him and Steve moving forward too. So yeah. you know, we, you don't you don't think about that then. But um, plus plus Owen Look at this. throwing drinks, fucking yeah. throwing flags at each other. Yeah. Plus like, Owen is the kid brother. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. this, it just worked. It that just crowd made sense. was fucking. They were red hot. Oh yeah, for they sure. Were red hot for it. Yeah. Heart. So this is arguably the best part of the show here. The and, end with the, yeah, with the, the whole family. family jumping in. And, yeah. Yeah. We've seen the crowd. I think the crowd would have reacted if uh, the marriages would have won. If the what? The marriages would have won. <sighs> they would have left saying, eh, okay. No, they would have been pissed. They would have thrown shit. Um, I think that would have been a classic example of just not giving the people what they want. And I think yeah. it would have damaged some goodwill. With the audience yeah. in that town, kind of in the in you know in an old school sense, It'd have been 20, you kill off a lot of twenty nineteen all over. You would have kill you 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 kill off a lot of towns that way. Um, WCW was common for that, you know, when they would advertise staying Hogan Savage in you know Greensboro, North Carolina, and, and, not, and none of the three showed yeah, up. Yeah, you know, and and yeah, exactly. And then they have to announce oh that you know so and so will be here, so and so won't be here. The main event's Buff Bagwell versus. Booker T. Yeah, you know what I mean? You know? As great as that is, like, you didn't pay to see that, <laughs> yeah. you know? You just damaged goodwill. I think that would have been an, uh, a scenario here because it, it made sense in the story. Um, so, I yeah. love this part at the end where he, like, comes back and then they got to beat him up again and then they get the, the Canadian police in there. I don't even know if they're are those real Canadian policemen. Can, uh, the Mounties? Not the Mounties, but, like, they, yeah. They're well, not the Mounties. If they're know. what are, if they're Keystone cops in America, what are they? What are they in uh, Canada? Natty Ice, <laughs> no uh, Molson. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There, are, there are a couple of Molson, Molson, Molson Mounties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to do it the New York style. I want you to do it the Mountie style. I want you to shackle his hat legs, handcuff him, throw away the key. That's classic stuff right there. The Mountie. Going to jail at SummerSlam 1991, yeah. which we'll be covering in our Trading Places series coming up in a few weeks. Uh, SummerSlam 1991. Look forward to discussing all the what if scenarios surrounding the results of, the, of that event. Play a little role reversal, if you will, with the match made in heaven and the match made in hell. Be on the lookout for that in the next few weeks. But um, as we're continuing here, you see uh, Steve Austin's now handcuffed. Getting his heat back a little yeah. bit. And Pillman, you know, had to... Poof! Yeah. Rub a few that was, that was one of the hearts. Yeah. Pat Patterson. That's yeah, middle finger. Yeah, yeah. double bird. Yeah, that's classic. That was classic of right there. With the, <laughs> with, with the handcuffs on. Classic stuff. Like a true heel. I mean, because that's yeah. where he is right now, you know? Is that Earl or Dave? Dave. Yeah, that's Dave. Yeah, because Earl was reffing, yeah. Tim White, the the Molsons, right there. Sounds like a like an eighties, like family show in Canada. Yeah. Meet the Molsons. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> 
gonna take a trip to Minnesota or South Dakota. See, another part of this, the tribute part, you know what I mean? When they just, bring him in the ring, just again, like the Godfather of wrestling yeah. in Canada. Yeah, bananas. Yeah, like maybe we should play the sound. Yeah, for this, I, yeah, definitely. I think we should play the sound for this. <sighs> That's Teddy and then Ross right there in the white. Pumping pump up SummerSlam, Owen and Oge. You seen that kid lately? He was born for that. He was born for wrestling the way He's he looks now. fucking ripped and he looks like Owen, like yeah. spitting image. It's crazy. He doesn't wrestle, does he? No. no. The Owen Hart side did decide to wrestle. He'd be the biggest star in wrestling. Right there's, a, there's a ready-made story there, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For better or for worse. Martha Patterson. Smith Hart over in the left. I think I'd more, be more diligent. For, they say Brian Pillman's son's amazing. I've seen good things and heard him on an interview with Jericho on his podcast, and he's a very well-spoken guy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you could tell, like to me, he'll be he'll be signed up whether he's all in or WWE. He'll be somewhere in the next year for he's sure. Be a star. Yeah, I think he's he's got it written on him for sure. Natty, Natty right yeah. there. <laughs> I see this. I see the silver lining in that more than the comedy. That, that's so true. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Oh no, it's a great. Yeah, yeah a great line for the for the for the for the king to put out there. But I know he didn't mean it the way I took it, at least. And that does it for our. Uh... Calgary Stampede watch party, our wedding day uh, watch party send off with our groom Justin. Uh, I'd like to thank both of you for uh, taking the opportunity and the time. Blast, yeah, man. this was a lot of fun getting the band Always back is. together. Always is with the the the, the three of us, Nabes. Um, yeah. Um, any final thoughts about this event and about your big day, Justin? We'll start with. We'll, st- we'll, we'll start with Dennis, actually. What are your final thoughts on this event and final thoughts on, uh, on, on, like on, on you know, Justin's march to the altar? Well, that uh, started wrestling, that, that, uh, that uh, I, I will, if the good Lord took me home today, that, 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 uh, that I would definitely say this is the best wrestling pay-per-view of all time. It was short. It was bell to bell. Better than any WrestleMania? See, there, there, there's a thing. You could go to WrestleMania and be like, that's a stinker. That's a stinker. Oh, that's amazing. Go to one of the greatest matches of all time. But that's a stinker. That was just four brilliantly done matches. That, that, that uh, it, it gave me commentators how much I love that. That, that, uh, 
it was just so fucking good. At the very minimum, at the very, very minimum, the best pay-per-view that's not one of the big four. Uh, that, that's not even debatable. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good way to put it. And now, our friend's... Uh... A friend's a friend's trip to the altar. With that being said, I, I of course wish uh, Justin and Laura the, the the best of luck with all their future endeavors in the WWE USA. And, and I will always have you back, uh, Mr. Justin. You know you're you the, the last uh, yeah, two years now. Maybe. Going on two. Yeah, Going on two. That 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 you've been you have a very big place in my heart. I wish you the best of luck and just uh, yeah, just don't. Gentlemen, don't be holding your breath about, about me doing such a thing. <laughs> hey, you never know. I mean, you never know who you meet. You, you getting married could be the equivalent of Jinder Mahal becoming the WWE that, champion. That's a good analogy. That's, that's, that's where I look never at it. You never. might be the Jinder Mahal of marriage. Yep. Okay? I like Maybe, that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah, that, that's definitely true. Um, Justin, your take on this event and, of course, you know your, your, your uh, upcoming nuptials. Any minute now. This is probably the. Uh, <laughs> this is probably, in my opinion, the best non WrestleMania pay per view of all time. I put WrestleMania as just on in their own class, separate league. Yeah. yeah, even if they're bad, it's still WrestleMania. And I'm not saying that that's the way you get it. You know what I mean? Um, you mark those down; those will never go away. This one, I think, has those same attributes for not being a WrestleMania. Um, the crowd is the MVP, actually, of this show. It makes it. Um, you know, there's just so many things to take away that are relatable. The family values, the 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 the, the tribute to the hearts, um, the wrestling, the performance was was all very good to great. You can't can't take that away. Um, probably uh, probably one or two all time for me is one of my favorite pay per views in wrestling for sure. I would say that. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, I love this show. Um, I think it was uh, easily one of the best non-WrestleMania Big Four pay-per-views. Um, and uh, a, a show that I don't think gets high enough praise in terms of like when we talk greatest pay-per-views of all time. Um, because it was an in-your-house pay-per-view. And it kind of flew under the radar with all the other big events you have in wrestling with Summer Slams, Royal Rumbles, WrestleMania. Created a like moment. That. Yeah. That's what that's what we that's what they do is they create moments and yeah. right there what we saw at the end was a moment. Oh yeah. It was it was definitely for sure. And uh in regards to uh you know, your 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 big day, you you know you have my support. I don't need to tell you that. You know how much I care about you and I love you and you know, um I, I know that you, you, you made the right choice with um with with who you've decided to 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 make your tag team partner in life, so um, you know I know you I I know you you you're not gonna fuck this one up. <laughs> so um, you know that's that's where I stand, and uh, when, when it comes to you, and uh, and and that's where we all stand when it comes to Calgary Stampede in your house from July the sixth, nineteen ninety seven. Um, thank you also very much for joining us on this wedding day watch party send off here with Justin and Dennis and myself. We are going to uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna commence and, and have a good time at this wedding, and we hope you all had a good time listening to this event. And be on the lookout on Facebook, um, Twitter for any kind of videos and any kind of uh, action going on at the wedding reception. Kicking out too will be live, and we will uh, we we will be updating you 
on all the fun that we're having at this uh, at, at this 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 badass wedding that we're going to be a part of. Uh, next week, we want you to be a part of another badass show as we're going to be celebrating the one year anniversary of kicking out at two. It's been a whole year. Um, and by doing that, we're going to kind of stick with the Bash at the Beach theme. Last year, we did the Bash at the Beach 1996 watch-along watch party. It was a pilot. I was kind of testing things out. And on on, the, on this date last year, we presented that, that show. I did it by myself. I'll never do a watch party by myself ever again because <laughs> that was fu- three hours. That was fucking brutal. I told you this. I recorded that show fucking three times like because I, I, I was just like... There was one point I like didn't say nothing during one match. I like didn't know what to say. It was probably the the the, the big Bubba John Tenta uh, silver dollars on a pole match. It was oh, fucking, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> um, but anyhow, um, we did that. So we're gonna stick with the bash the beach theme, kind of go full circle. But we're going to um, we're gonna give you guys. Um, Probably my favorite concept to kick out of two that you helped create, Justin, trading places. And we're going to trade places with WCW Bash at the Beach 1994. This was the night that Hulk Hogan made his WCW debut. What if Hulk Hogan did not dethrone Ric Flair to become the World Heavyweight Champion? How would have the landscape of WCW changed had Hogan not won his debut match against the Nature Boy Ric Flair? We cover that match and all the matches on that card next week. Trading Places Series bash at the beach 1994 and you know what i think it's time for you to go say i do and i think it's time for all of us to put this show down for the three count we will see you all next week